Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Michael Ball. And welcome to the show. Thank you for uh, tuning in to the Sports Cage on this Wednesday. And our show on Wednesday... Well, we're looking for a sponsor for a Wednesday show. We are. This is the only day that's really not sponsored. Wednesday and Friday. Everything else is selling out. So if you'd like to buy a sponsorship on the top-ranked show in the province in terms of sports talk, 546-6200. Ask to speak with somebody in our sales department. They will have no problem selling you the sponsor for Wednesday. Happy hump day! Yeah, it is. It's great. You can barely talk. <laughs> By the way... Uh, Sean Kleisinger, I'm Michael Ball, that's Sean Kleisinger, my uh, producer. Sean Kleisinger is so dedicated to the job, and I mean this sincerely, that he rushed, he put his personal hygiene aside. He put his personal hygiene aside. Because he says to me, I got a studio set up at home. I'm working at home. He goes, uh, Ballsy, when you come in, can you bring me some deodorant? So I bring him booster juices. I bring him tea. And now I'm bringing him deodorant. I gave him my own deodorant. Yeah, I have man. to go buy some deodorant now. Clinical protections of men care. Dude, baby. I bought that when we were in California. No. When we were in L.A. That okay. is right from Los Angeles. Right from Huntington Beach. So you can smell like you're in SoCal. Oh, Doesn't that smell bringing good? back the memories now. Smells like a tent next yeah. to a light post. Yeah, Doesn't thanks it? for that, man. No problem, man. I, 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 I rushed in to work I today know. because I had some things to do and I, I, I forgot to... To rub a deodorant on my We pits. were lining up Mike Pringle, and he's yeah. going to be on the show a little later on in our Where They Now segment on Wednesdays. We take a trip down memory lane. we got a big show in store, Zinger, but lots going on in the sports world, and that's why we need to get to this. It's Sorensen to the house! A pick six! Time now for another pick six with Ballsy and Friends as they give their take on six sports topics of the day. One year ago today, Tom Brady retired only to come back. But this time, he's called it quits for good. Unless, of course, the Niners or Raiders come calling. <laughs> anyway, here's Tom. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time, so when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record and let you guys know first. So I uh, won't be long-winded. You only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year. So uh, really thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me, my family, my friends, my teammates, 
my competitors. Uh, I could go on forever. There's too many. Um, thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. Love you all. Tom retires as the GOAT. Seven Super Bowls, three MVPs, 15 Pro Bowls, and almost every passing title imaginable. And I really think he's gone this time. Brady's going through a divorce, and, and believe me, those aren't easy. They're painful. So he's a single dad, probably wants to focus on doing that. He's done everything he can in football as a player. And if he wants, he'll go into the broadcast booth with Fox next season. The guy who should be really upset is Greg Olson. He's the lead analyst in NFL football right now. And once he broadcasts the Super Bowl, the guy's going to be kicked to the curb if Tom wants that chair. So... Brady retires. Does that mean Aaron Rodgers is going to retire, or will he hold off to have the spotlight to himself maybe next year? Number two in the pick six, Sean Payton's the new head coach of the Denver Broncos. The Broncos give the Saints a 2023 first-round pick and a 2024 second-rounder. Plus, Payton's expected to make between $17 and $20 million a season. Now, can Sean Payton fix Russell Wilson? The Broncos are betting on it big time. But here's an interesting comparison I saw. Payton and Dallas Cowboys coach Mike McCarthy have almost exactly the same regular season and playoff winning percentages, and both have won one Super Bowl as a head coach. Here's the question for you. Would you want your team today to spend two high draft picks and $20 million a year on Mike McCarthy? Yeah, I didn't think so. Will this work? It's going to be interesting to see if it does. Connor Bedard had a goal, his 43rd of the year, and two helpers last night as the Pats fell 6-5 in Red Deer in overtime. Now I'm glad to see Pats fans and people across the league are appreciating the superstar. Yesterday was a great crowd in Red Deer and tonight the Saddledome, which almost seats 20,000 fans is sold out as Bedard and the Pats face the Calgary Hitmen. And I feel good for Bedard's teammates too because by extension they have an opportunity to get noticed too. Number four in the pick six. LeBron James moved to within 89 points of breaking the NBA's career scoring record and climbed into fourth place on the assists list, finishing with a triple-double in his return to Madison Square Gardens as the Lakers beat the Knicks 129-123. James had 28 points, 11 assists, 10 boards. Last time the King played at MSG was January 22nd, 2020. Now, I'm a Lakers fan, but honestly, not much of a James fan. He kind of turns me off with his attitude. However, like Brady, you acknowledge and appreciate greatness. As sports fans, we got to watch two of the very best to ever do it in these last two decades. So you got to tip your cap to LeBron James, who's still playing at a very high level two decades into his career. Well, this happened while we were on the show yesterday. We didn't get into it too much, but A.C. Leonard was cut by the Riders and signed by the Elks. Not a surprising move, considering A.C. was due a huge roster bonus and had kind of a down year last year, partly due to injury. Now, I'm glad A.C. landed on his feet with a familiar friend in Chris Jones. And it's a good move for the Riders if they use the money wisely. This team has the most cap space of anybody in the league. And with his job on the line, Jeremy O'Day will have to be aggressive, but at the same time smart. It's ultimate fantasy football. The fun starts February 5th with the legal tampering period. 
And number six in the pick six, I saw this recently and I'm just getting to it now, but it ties into something I've been debating with, with media types and some fans this week. I hear this, the riders are a laughing stock. What a joke they are now. Nobody wants to play in Saskatchewan, the least desirable place. The riders are only big in Saskatchewan. Blah, 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 blah. Well, riddle me this, Batman. If that's indeed the case, why are they playing in Atlantic Canada for a second year in a row? And why do two of the four TSN preseason broadcasts involve the Rough Riders? It's the tractor factor, as we say around here. Yes, on the football side, as I previously mentioned, the team does need to get retooled there. And I think they need to get back to being in touch with the fans a bit more on the business side. There seems to be a bit of a disconnect, maybe some of it pandemic, some of it probably not. But make no mistake, without the riders and the fan base, the CFL is dead. End of discussion. All right, so that's our pick six. Um... You can weigh in on any of the topics today. Tom Brady retiring, Sean Payton head coach at Denver, um, Connor Bedard in the road show going into Calgary. They had 7,288 fans yesterday in Red Deer. That's the biggest regular season crowd they've ever had at the PV Mart Centrium. Pats lost 6-5 in overtime. And the Bedard show rolls into Calgary tonight. Uh, the Flames on their... Um, Mandate a week off before the All-Star game. And the uh, Saddleome now, the site of the Hitmen versus the Pats tonight, completely sold out. Almost 20,000 fans are tonight. So people are waking up to the Connor Bedard show. You can weigh in on anything, 936-6262. You can call that number locally. Uh, 936-6262. We had a couple of guests that were going to come on, but they kind of jammed out. So we have some open time if you do want to talk some sports or toll free 1-866-767-0620. Coming up though, a chat with a U of R Cougar athlete. It's not Cougars in the cage. We go a little more in depth with Jade Belmore from the Lady Cougs basketball team next year on the sports cage on 620 CKRM. You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Well, normally each Tuesday we do a thing called Cougars in the Cage, little uh, two, three minute hit on University of Regina Cougars athletics, not involving obviously the Rams. But I wanted to go a little deeper with Jade Belmore, one of the outstanding stars with the uh, Lady Cougs basketball team. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining Thank me. You. Yeah, I appreciate Thank it. You. So you had a big uh, game on the weekend against Lethbridge. I believe you got 33 points, a career high. Tell me about that game. It, uh, you know, that game was a little too close for comfort, to be honest. Um, but honestly, that, that 33 points, I don't think it doesn't really, it didn't really kind of come to mind until um, after the game. I realized that I think I was just kind of more focused on winning the game um, just and kind of performing and then doing what I had to do to to get the team a win. Yeah, it's, but but do you you don't really have a running Rolodex of the numbers in your mind. I'm not saying you're a stats person, but you're like, oh, that went in. Ooh, that went in. I wonder how many I got. To be honest, no, I don't really uh, I don't really focus on that during the game. I think that's maybe maybe why I got so high. But um, yeah, no, I was just kind of I think I was just worried worried about being down most of the game and trying to trying to get back up. I think I saw you guys are 14 and 2. I did see you're at uh, the top of the rankings. What does that mean to you and to the team or does it mean anything? Honestly, I don't think it's actually ever really clicked in yet that we're the number 1 team in the country. Um but 
it does mean a lot to our team. And, you know, there's a lot of great teams in, in Can West especially. Um, so we can't really, I don't think we can get really caught up in the glory if, if you want to call it that. But um, we just kind of have to take every team with a, as a threat. And, you know, we just have to kind of rely on our preparedness that we've put in and all the hard work that we've put in. And, you know, that has kind of reflected where we're, where we're sitting in the standings, which is a good place. So Friday, last Friday, it was a Friday, Saturday set with Lethbridge as these uh, university weekend sets go. And I understand a bunch of elementary kids that you coach came out and, uh, they, they had cougar t-shirts made up. Can you tell us about that? They did. So I, I, uh, I, knew the the teacher um adam ward who uh who made up all these teacher t-shirts for uh for us and all the kids that were there they were wearing um at least one of the one of the players on our teams they had their number on on their back and uh they came up to us after the game and they they also had t-shirts for all of us to kind of hand out to our family and friends which is super nice and such a cool experience for them to kind of come out and see a great game and have the whole cougar experience and we got to meet some of them too which it was a very a very cool moment you're good at basketball we know that now a little birdie tells me you're good at flag football and golf which one are you better at (laughs) golf or flag football honestly i i would have to say flag football i need to i need to work on my golf game a little bit more in the summer but i need to i need to find some time for that um yeah no i don't i don't really i can't really say if i'm better at, at one or the other i should try and Maybe do them a little bit more, but I I enjoy both. Is there is there a vars is there a varsity women's uh, uh, flag football team there at the U of R? Yeah, yeah so, it's a club. Yeah, so do you play in that? I could technically. Uh, I don't know with the the amount of time that I have that that would be possible, but that would that would be a that would be a fun thing to do. Tell me about your relationship with uh, Kara, your uh, teammate. Uh, Coach Dave Taylor says it's a great relationship. You guys are on the same page. But sometimes it can be a pain in the butt because you guys are laughing and being goofy and kind of uncontrollable at times. That is that those are all true. Those are those are it's a it's a very good relationship that I that I have with her. And we've known each other for a very long time. And played with each other against each other. So uh, that definitely helps us on the court and our on-court connection. But I think it uh, it's more off the court that that stuff kind of comes into play. And, you know, sometimes we we have those jokes with each <laughs> other and maybe it just lightens the mood a little bit on the floor. But um, it's definitely a, it's a great relationship to have with her and to, to be able to um, kind of be goofy on and off the court, I guess. Mm-hmm. So you watch like a dry silent McDavid in hockey, and one knows where the other's going. They could, you know, they could uh, pass to each other in a dark room and hit each other on the tape. Do you kind of feel that way with Karen? What's that like to be in sync with somebody like that? Oh, that's a great feeling. I uh, I feel that every time on the court that I play with her, even in practice. You know, I know where she's going to be at every moment, and she knows where I'm going to be to hit me with a pass. So it uh, for sure helps that that connection that we have on and off the court that that for sure translates and it uh, makes it all all just a lot more easier to to play and to be able to kind of connect have you always been good at managing your time coach dave taylor tells me you're a great player but uh 80 plus student in terms of your average time management's key as a student athlete as you know it is it is very it is very important to me and i've kind of i've said it all along that i you know that student student comes first and the student athlete and um, I, I take a lot of 
credit for that, but also I have to get kind of give some credit to my parents for just kind of raising me up into that. Um, you know, it's not all basketball and it's not all sports and it's not going to be for the rest of your life. So you kind of, you kind of have to focus on, on the school aspect as well. That's why you're here. So, um, it's pretty important to me. Um, and I know that Dave actually does a great job of making sure that we are doing well, um, just academically and focusing on the, that as well as a, as the sports. Talk to me about him as a uh, head coach, uh, you know, to be guiding this program a long time and pretty successful run too. Yeah. He, uh, he's been pretty good to me all along and he's been great to our team. He, uh, he pushes us daily to kind of show up physically and mentally. Um, and especially right now, you know, it going into playoffs, he's, he's been there multiple times and, you know, a lot of our team hasn't been, um, in a lot of these situations. So he, he's been very good about knowing what to do, being there for us, kind of knowing what we need. So he, um, he for sure has a lot of belief in our team and that, that translates, I guess, to where, where we, where we're at right now and the number one spot. And um, so a, a lot of credit goes to him for just being able to, to help us push along. Jade, we talk about you juggling school and juggling uh, basketball, but I understand you juggle other things. Like you're an unbelievable juggler. Is that true? That is true. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, how how did you decide you? Were, when did you decide you were going to juggle for a hidden talent? You know, it came to me. I think I was actually in Montreal for a trip, and I decided to start juggling oranges for fun. And um, I I kind of took it as a little. A little competition for myself to see how to see what I can do with that and now I can I can try and juggle uh four tennis balls or maybe even three basketballs so it's a it's a little fun thing I like to do you don't get like uh, you don't juggle fire or knives or anything like that I think that's the next thing for me to be honest really wow I wish we had a Canadian has got talent show or something maybe you could do that (laughs) the other one that uh People are a little skeptical of. They say it could be a big lie, but you don't strike me as a liar, Jade Belmore. Uh, you claim to be an expert fisher person. Now, is that true? Is that proven? They're they're kind of skeptical on that. Um, I wouldn't say expert. I would say I am I am a pretty good a pretty good fisherman, but you know I don't know. There, there's some people that have some doubts about me, but yeah, is it I, is, is it ice fishing or is it uh, summer fishing? It's both. Really? Wow. Now, do you do it the do you do it the um, the the weak way, as I like to say, in a shack, or do you sit on a pail like I do, old school? <laughs> no, it's in the shack. <laughs> What's the biggest fish you've caught? Do you know? Oh, I don't even know. There's been some pretty big ones. So, like when even, you, so like you, the answer. So you're tougher than me because I don't. I like going on a boat and getting a suntan. I don't really like fishing. I like watching other people fish. Like I don't like putting the bait on or grabbing the fish when it comes out of the water. You're into all that, including uh, filleting them. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll fill them. I'll, I'll wow. do it all. That's, wow. that's that's the fun part. Wow. Well, she's going to be on the court carving up her competition this week. Uh, weekend, I guess it's against the UFC. Am I right about that? You are right. Yeah. All right. And what do we know about the uh, dinos coming in? We know that they are uh, they're a big team. So, we're we've been preparing all week for them and doing our scout on them and they're uh it's going to be some hard hard competition this weekend. Get out to the big gym at the U of R and check out Jade Belmore and the gang, the U of R Cougars ladies basketball team. Thanks for your time, Jade. Continued success. Thank you so much. 
All our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline. Dinner time, game time, anytime, a great time to order Western Pizza. Our text powered by Capital Ford Lincoln at the corner of Rochdale and Pasqua, number one Ford dealership in the province. Got this from Brian. Sean Payton's about to find out what a lot of other so-called great coaches have found out when they go from Hall of Fame quarterback to chump quarterback. All of a sudden, there are just as many losses as there are wins. Well, I would say this. I think Russell Wilson still has gas left in the tank. He Nathaniel Hackett was not cut out to be a head coach. He was over his skis. You could say that in game one, or see that in game one. The Broncos were 0-3 in overtime, and they lost nine games by one score or less. So <laughs> um, I think Sean Payton, they had five wins. I think Payton could get them to nine or ten. I really do believe that, although they're in a tough division. I do think there's some problem there's some problems with Russell Wilson's personality. Oh, I, I think he's a goofball. I think he's a phony. I think there's like half of the locker room that doesn't like the dude. Yeah. And then half is kind of like on the fence. And then half or the other quarter, other third are like, yeah. I don't like this dude. This is as I pointed out That's uh, a problem. on the pick six, if you missed it. Sean Payton and Mike McCarthy, your old Green Bay coach, have each won a Super Bowl. They have almost identical regular season and playoff winning percentages. If I was to tell you you'd have to give up two high draft picks and $20 million a year for Mike McCarthy, would you do it? <laughs> no. So is Sean Payton... I'm give that so is, five cents. So is Sean Payton worth it? We're going to find out in a heck of a hurry. I, I'm interested in that. I, I wanted him to be the Chargers coach, but looking at it now, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. think it's worth it, I don't man. think it's worth it. Uh, this is the sports cage on the voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM. Sports ticker for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They will treat you right. Give them a call at 781-2090. So Tom Brady took to his social media this morning, posting a video announcing his retirement from football. This time, Tom said in his uh, video, his decision is, quote-unquote, for good. So we shall see. We shall see once training camp rolls around. The Montreal Alouettes have signed American returner Chandler Worthy to a two-year deal. The team announced on Wednesday Worthy was set to become a free agent here on the 14th. And after a four-year hiatus... Uh, the Arena Football League has announced it's relaunching under a new ownership group returning to the field in 2024. So another football league coming your way. What a rush. Time for your Saskatchewan Rush Report with Michael Ball and the head coach, Jimmy Quinlan. You know, when you were a young kid, did you just grab a, did you play a wall ball or what? Well, yeah, I think and that's I think that's probably one of the things that really I think drew me to the game and it draws a lot of kids to the game is that you don't really need much. Really, all you need is a stick and a ball, and, and you can play for hours. And so you can find a wall. It doesn't have to be a wall. I mean, you get really good. You just kind of need anything, really. I mean, I've seen guys play play pass off lampposts, off you know, off trees. They never bounce the same way. So. Um, again, I think that was kind of it. I always said that the lacrosse stick was like my best friend because whenever I asked it to play, it never said no. Um, and so it was always there beside me. And um, I had a dad who didn't really like us watching TV or playing video games. So, you know, Saturday, Sundays, he would kick us out of the house and make us do some yard work. We lived on an acreage and then it was literally play sports with my brother. And so, um, you know, I, I attribute to a lot of the success I've had in just kind of, again, falling in love with a game. Uh, and still to this day, I, I you can ask most of the guys on the rush, there's probably not a guy who watches more film or 
uh, spends more time kind of around the game than me. Yeah, and it's interesting because Jimmy Quinlan, you uh, are a guy that was with the Rush in their first season in Edmonton as a player. So the Rush name probably means more to you than most. Yeah, that's I mean an interesting fact, and I didn't realize it until someone told me this year. But I'm I did take a hiatus, but I'm the only member who's still around from that 2006 team, and so I, I take a lot of pride in that. Um, we weren't good. We were a bit of a doormat. Uh, we won one game that year, so. Um, to be able to kind of come full circle to when we were winning championships in 15, 16, and 18, and now to kind of get a steer of the ship, um, you know, it's something I never thought that, that would happen. Um, and again, I just feel, you know, fortunate and blessed that I get, get to do what I do. It's time to talk curling. We've got it all. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. All right, time to head over to Western Pizza Hotline. Dinner time, game time, any time, a great time to order Western Pizza. You can text us your thoughts on the show, 936-6262, our text line powered by Capital Ford Lincoln. We're joined by former Regina Ram and present-day curler, Catlin Schneider. How are you today, Schneids? I'm good, Baldy. How you doing? Good, man. Getting set for the big uh, tankard once again, defending the crown. But before he did that, you were like you were around the corner from me at Aspen Links, uh, doing the old uh, top golf type of thing. Yeah, we were. We got the team out there and just keeping things loose, hitting some balls and having fun. So, is there more pressure trying to win a championship or defend it? Um, it's definitely a different feel from last year. I mean, last year we, you know, weren't ranked number one. Call it uh, Dunstone's rank would have been ranked ahead of us. This year we're ranked number one. So, yeah, I mean, it's a little bit extra pressure and kind of everyone gunning for you. Bit of a different feel, but I think we're ready to, to take the task head on. All right. So, uh, uh, sizing up the competition, uh, who do you see as the biggest threat, not disrespecting any opponents? Yeah, there's. I was kind of looking at the field, and there's just a lot of, you know, solid teams. Um, I think, you know, the men's side, there's a lot of talent, and there's anyone could kind of, um, get hot at any time. Um, I, I don't really know. I don't really have anyone in mind that I think is going to be the toughest competition. I mean, Cody Hartung's been there yeah. kind of into the playoffs a few years in a row. You got Steve Laycock back in the field playing with the ex-teammate that I went to the Briar with, Sean Meacham. So there's, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of veterans out there and a lot of talent. Um, it all going to figure, you know, we'll figure it out when kind of the, the rocks, the rocks start coming down the ice and who's starting to feel it and get hot kind of at the right time uh, into the weekend. How much does last year's experience, winning it, going to the national, Briar, uh, how much does that help you guys in this tourney? Well, big time. I mean, we this team formed kind of in the middle of COVID, so right. we didn't really get a chance to go play on uh, in some of the big tournaments like we typically would, right? So last year was our first time to kind of show the world, you know, how good we could be um, at the Briar. So winning that provincial was kind of the start to to show everyone that we can compete with the top in the world, right? So that was huge for us. Um, We know we can do it again. We got all the talent in the world. It's just about kind of putting it together and being the best team out there this week. A Wednesday to to Sunday bond spiel. Is it um, more mental or a physical grind? It's both. I mean, last year we got deep in the sea event. We lost a couple tight ones and had to rattle out, like, I think six straight wins or something crazy like that. It... uh, it can be a physical and and mental grind. Um, we train hard all off season and even during the season in the gym um, to kind of be ready for something like that. You know, when you're playing three games a day, ten on games, it's taxing. It really is. Doesn't matter how good a shape you're in. 
So um, we're ready for that for sure. And I mean, it can be, you can kind of go the long road or the short road and we're kind of ready for everything. I think for us, it's just the important thing is one game at a time, one shot at a time, not getting too far ahead of ourselves and just taking care of business. Different taxing than football, obviously, which is more taxing. (laughs) Well, I feel, I feel like in my curling days, I'm feeling the effects of my football days. (laughs) Okay. Knees, hips. uh, I'm a little beat up from uh, from my college football days, but uh, it's different, right? Like, you know, it can be hard on parts of your body as you're doing the same repetition when you're sweeping over and over and over again. So, you know, um, you have certain things come up that are bothering you or injured that typically you wouldn't see in football or football, you kind of everything feels a little bit sore all the time. Um, so a little more specific, but overall, um, I'd say it's more mentally taxing curling because you don't, you don't ever really get that opportunity to go and take your anger out in a physical way, right? Like (laughs) you can in football. And that was really nice. You can always kind of have a release out there on on the ice. You got to keep it a little more together and, um, and just stay focused on the mental side. And you're closer to the fans and you kind of got to be more gentlemanly, don't you? (laughs) Yeah. You got to watch the language out there for sure. (laughs) I've learned that the hard way. Um, And I think that's what people love about curling, right? You can actually hear and see up front what's going on. Right, like you don't really hear what gets said under the under the pile when you get tackled or you know in the middle of the field, but you sure can hear everything when you're curling. So definitely the, uh, a more interesting aspect from the fan base. If the ice maker's doing his or her job and the weather stays pretty consistent, how long does it take you to catch on to the ice? Um, I mean, we get a pre-event practice. We get to spend ten minutes on every sheet, so that's huge. Now you got to be a little careful because the ice can change quite a bit or quite drastically, you know, in between practice and the first event. The nice thing is we have a um, tonight's draw off. We get set ahead, so so we'll be able to you know have a good idea of, of what the ice is going to be doing as we watch some of the other teams play. But really, you know, it should only take a couple ends. You know, it's I mean we play enough all season. We played lots of events this year that you kind of get used to figuring out as fast as possible and, and kind of taking it and running with it. Is that the luxury you get being the defending champs? You get the uh, first draw by? Yeah, I don't even think it was because we were last year's champs, but we're just rated the highest in the event. So uh, top four gets set ahead. And then everyone kind of funnels um, kind of to the, the first round, call it. Um, so we're we're waiting for a, a winner that'll happen tonight. Anything? So, yeah, I mean, it, it's great. Yeah. It, it's great to you know have a be set ahead the disadvantage is you come out and play a team that's already been on the ice. So you got to kind of bring some of that intensity that, uh, you know, the, the team that's already played a game has, has a good feel for the ice. Um, we saw in the women's event that there was three of the four teams that were set ahead actually lost that, that next round. Mm. So, you know, it tells you a little bit of how it takes a bit of time to kind of catch on and get rolling. So uh, we talk about being the defending champs. Obviously, uh, you might go with a little bit of a chip on your shoulder. You guys want to get back to that uh, to that national event, and uh, there's some unfinished business there. Big time, yeah. We had a good run last year. Um, I mean, we ran into a guy, uh, Brad Gushu, who was just, you know, couldn't be stopped, and he clearly showed that to uh, win, winning it all. Um, I mean, we took it to, he had to make an angle race, pick off the button, or else we're going uh, to play botcher in the semi. So we had a great, great weekend. We know we can do that again. So I think it's just about, you know, getting there in the first place and focusing at, at the task at hand. Um, can't get too far ahead of yourself. But, yeah, I mean, we're excited. I, I can't wait. This is one of the best times of the year is, is provincial season. And, um, you know, it'll never get old uh, 
hoisting that trophy, so I hope he can do it again. So uh, being a male curler in Saskatchewan, are you getting tired of 1980, 1980? <laughs> yeah. yeah, every year. Um, you know what? We've got some a lot of young talents, so um, it's, it's hard to win a briar. It, it, you know, these days is harder than ever. There's so many good teams, mm-hmm. um, and you got to be at the top, absolute top of your game, no matter what to win it. So and, it's not and because easy, you guys but I think we're be, in the right direction. Yeah, and because you guys play on a money tour and stuff and you see more of each other throughout the year, I think it's harder to sneak up on teams too, isn't it? Big time. Like before you might not even leave your province until you go to the Briar, right? You might play eight events around Saskatchewan or or just, you know, in, just into Manitoba, just into Alberta, right? Whereas we're flying all over the world these days and we see these teams all the time at all the slams, right? Um so yeah, it's it's difficult for sure, and and you know what, like no one, like no one goes to the Briar not prepared to win, right? You get there and people are people are at the top of the game. It's later in the year, so people have had a lot of practice and a lot of games in, and um, yeah, I mean, we Saskatchewan's in the going in the right direction. I mean, Pat Simmons, the high performance uh, coach for curling Saskatchewan, has you know worked with all the teams, worked with us, and I think we're we kind of have that that uh, veteran to lean on now um, for anything we need. So I think, I think kind of coming down, I mean, there's going to be some retirement in the next four years, right? Like mm-hmm. the Gucci's, the Cooey's, that kind of stuff. Like they're going to be moving out and hopefully we can kind of take advantage of that. And lastly, you get to play in a nice venue in Esteban. Oh, great. Great facility. I was down there this week. It's unbelievable barn. Um, ice look good. Darren's going to do a great job out there and um, I'm excited for it. Hopefully we get a little warmer weather. Last question for you. We started talking about the fact you were uh, doing some uh, golfing at Aspen Links, uh, fake golfing, computer-generated golfing. Are you better curler or golfer? <laughs> curler, well, curler for sure. My whole <laughs> team's actually pretty good. Like, Colton played really well tonight. He was absolutely striping it. So I told him, you know, you can beat me tonight as long as you play like that on the ice. <laughs> That's good. Hey, man, best of luck. We'll be cheering for you. Thanks, Ballsy. Appreciate it. As Catlin Schneider, the third of the Colton Flash Shrink defending provincial champs, they get their first action tomorrow morning. He referred to the first draw there at Affinity Place in Estevan. Kars versus um, Kultoff. We've got Burnout against Height, Jacobson going up against Myers, and Laycock up against Edie. So there you go. And we'll keep you updated as soon as we know. The first draw is tonight at 7.30. Uh, we got Pats Hockey on the airwaves here tonight, too. Pats and the Calgary Hitmen. And with that in mind, we'll take a break. And when we come back on the other side, we'll take you to the PV Mart Centrium last night where they had a huge crowd watch a very entertaining game between your Regina Pats and the Red Deer Rebels. Pat's got a loser point in that game. We'll hear the audio rewind of that through the um, lips and vocal cords of our friend Dante DeCaria and then his postgame chat with Brad Haroff. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Nobody covers your team like our team. This is the Sports Cage on the mighty 620 CKRM. Holds the puck into the line, midpoint for Mayo. Over to the far right side, it's Formanic. Nice little move along the dot, centered in front, they score! Ben King, behind the net, Parker Berg, now to Brown below the goal line. He'll shovel it off the body, they score in front! On a weird bounce! Over to the right side, boards for Seuss to level the man advantage. Side of the goal, how in front for Vallis, Van on it, scores! Boria Vallis and the Pats are back in it! 
Right side for Groove. He's all alone. He shoots. Stop. Rebound. Scores. Red Deer's up 3-1. Left circle to the line. Went off his skate. Here's Tanner Howe. Ahead for Bedard. Potential breakaway. He's all alone. Bedard to the net. Backhander scores. That's what the fans came to see here in Red Deer. Connor Bedard pats down 3-2 with 6.21 to go in this first period. Back in front of the net. One-timer scores! And we're tied up at three. Alexander Sustalev from Susie's office. Right point, Hunter Mayo waiting. He'll shoot, deflected in front. They score! Jaden Groove. 4-3 Red Deer. Sam Aremba backhands it in front. He scores! What a play by Sam Aremba. And we're back tied up at four. Side of the goal, Howe in front. Centered, stopped by Stolzer. Rebound, scores! Boria Vallis, his second of the night. And the Regina Pats are up 5-4 to four with 10-10 to play in the second stanza. Josephson, cross-ice feed for Manic, busting over the line. Right side, stops at the circle. Centered in front, Ben King shoots off the post. And no, they're saying a goal. This game is tied 5-5. Ben King. Mayo, centered in front, blocked by Brown. Rebound, they score! Rebels winning in overtime, 6-5. The first couple of goals are just bad bounces, and I think even the last one, just off Brownie stick in there, and I think they had about three, four, you know, just funky bounce goals tonight. Uh, they played hard, not taking anything away from us, but, um, you know, I, I like the way that we handled our adversity tonight. It's something that we haven't always been great at, at in the past. Um, I know we didn't like giving up a one-goal lead going to third period, but... You know, we had power play there. You know, Sam Aremba had a breakaway. We had chances to, to get up one. We didn't get it, um, but we showed resilience. We played playoff-style hockey, and, you know, we knew uh, the Saskatoon-Portland series wasn't a fluke for us. Just like that BC trip wasn't a fluke for us. And we stay healthy and we play our hockey. You know, we feel like we can play it in any team this week. And you know what, Brad? You mentioned Sam Aremba. He was unreal tonight. Like, I think maybe if you guys win this game, he has a chance to get, like, in our building, I think we give him a star. That's that's how he played tonight. Like, he was phenomenal. What did you think? Yeah, I agree, Dante. It was definitely his best uh, hockey game where he kind of passed um, uh, uniform. Uh, he was skating all over the ice. He was on the puck. He wasn't waiting for it. And that was the biggest thing in Sam's game. He was... Uh, He's a driving force, and a lot of times he's been waiting for the puck, waiting for things to happen for himself. And tonight, uh, he was on the puck, making things happen himself. And I think uh, hopefully for Sam, it's a, it's a good start off where he can be and where he should be every night. Cause he played as well against a top team like this. Um, you know, he should be there every single night for us. And I'm sure at the end of the day, you guys are looking at the special teams department and say, we'll take three for four on the penalty kill, two for four on the power play. Especially you guys killed some key penalties in the third period as well. What did you think about uh, essentially winning the special teams battle tonight? Well, yeah, like Don, I just think up and down it was a playoff hockey game. Uh, you know, we did a lot of things to win that game tonight um, and, and even battled back. Um, I think there's so many positives we can pull from that game. Um, I think for me, just the biggest thing I talk about all the time is some maturity and learning how to win. And tonight was a big step in the right direction in the, in the way that we responded and how to win. And, and after John challenging them, and then obviously after that two-goal lead and went down to 3-1, um, you know, most teams would have been the age we're at would have folded their tents, um, and the boys didn't finish. And um, 
Brad, last thing before I let you go, this has got to be really encouraging for you guys as a coaching staff heading into a really important game, not only the rest of the week, but tomorrow against Calgary. Obviously, uh, I'm sure it's going to be a game that both teams are going to be amped up for, given the crowd that's supposed to be over 14,000 people, and a game that's going to be broadcast uh, broadcasted na- uh, nationally on television, on TSN. So how important was tonight's effort tonight, the resiliency, everything you talked about heading into a really important game in which I'm sure you guys would love to play the same way you did tonight against Calgary? tomorrow well i think it's 100 percent it's a four-point game tomorrow with uh, playoff implications and standings so that's a big thing obviously the crowd along goes with it that's just what hockey is when you're playing in big games so um we don't got to worry about the crowd we just got to worry about our 60 minutes and, and playing your kind of pad hockey if we can do that we'll hear the crowd and that's Dante DeCary in conversation with Brad Haroff, assistant coach of the Pats. Pats are back in action right away tonight. It's uh, I think it's an 8 o'clock face-off again in Calgary, 7 o'clock local time. We'll be on the air with the pregame show, 7.35. Um, the rest of the Eastern Division is waking up to Connor Bedard, that he only has a few months left, or even less than a few months left, depending on how far the Pats go in the playoffs. Last night, 7,288 fans, the largest regular season crowd in the Red Deer, now PV Mart Centrium's history. So the Bedard show, and tonight... Uh, I didn't know tonight's game was on TSN. You don't know. You don't need the TV tonight. They'll just listen no. to us, Well, man. you could mute the TV yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and, and do the radio. But yeah, Connor Bedard... And they took, actually, I'm broadcasting games here February and March on Access, mm-hmm. Access Now Sports. Uh, our March 3rd broadcast got canceled as well because TSN picked it up. So when TSN's coming in to pick up games, obviously the Bedard number one overall factor continues. Mm-hmm. TSN's coming to Regina? To, yeah, oh, March that's, 3rd. That's awesome. So anyway, uh, with regards to the, the game tonight, the NHL, there's a couple of games in the NHL tonight, but then they're on their break. Calgary and Edmonton have been on their uh, NHL PA mandated break here for the All-Star Week. So the spotlight is on Western Hockey League action. It's on the action at the Calgary Saddle Dome, whatever they call it now. Scotiabank. Scotiabank. And they almost have 20,000 fans they can jam in there, and it's completely sold out, apparently. Oh, man, that's going to be some kind Average of Average ticket price, like 90 bucks or something. Uh, I saw... I saw th- uh, the resale one of one person was selling it for like uh, a couple thousand dollars. That's a little over the top. Like but, who? Like who would do that? But we're bitching about forty bucks here in Regina. Yeah. He got some texts here. Kevin in Saskatoon. Sounds like I will not be missing any harvest this fall. Going to Ryder playoff games. How much money is Ryderville going to lose this year? May have to change the color of green. I think he means he's going to cheer for the Elks. I don't know why he'd want to do that. Now why? Uh, where it's Chad- God's green earth. Yeah. Would you do that? It's February the 1st, okay? I I still, I, I caution patience, okay? Why haven't they signed all their guys? <laughs> we'll talk more about CFL free agents coming up. Uh, the team was 6-12. and 12. Do you want the same team back? You bitched about those players. Now you want them back? I don't mean uh, Kevin in particular in Saskatoon, but you, you want them back, but you didn't want them here. W- what do you want? Mm-hmm. Just, just, just let it play itself out. Um, I'm going to get to this last one in a second. This one from uh, Reg: Will O'Day and Dickinson make the season? That's an interesting one. 
Well, remember when Chamberlain and uh, Tamman did not make the season, and they had won a Grey Cup. I sure hope that was, so, because that, was, that means it's going to be a lonely, long season. Yeah. Um, I'm going to predict will. they will make the season. I think Odell makes some nice moves in the offseason, and I still think Coach Dickinson, he's learning to be a head coach still. Just like quarterbacks learn, coaches learn, you're always learning. But I think they will... Uh, I, I project they'll be third in the West after the free agent signings all shake down. Yeah, you okay? just never know. And all Imagine you get... if we came out uh, first day of free agency and we sign a couple big-name yeah. hoggies. Well, we got the most money. We got Ooh, the most money, man. Um, this one Let's from go. Darlene. Does criticism on social media bother you? Well, you wouldn't be human if it didn't bother you. It does yeah. bother you at times. just depends who it's coming from and things like that. Uh, being in this job is a lot like being a politician or being like a, a quarterback of the riders with not the exact pressure. But yeah, you get, you're never, not everybody's going to like you. And if you act like kind of a cantankerous jerk at times, which I do, you, if you're going to throw it, you got to take it. So it, yeah, I take it, I take it personal. Yeah, you do more for me. Someone, someone once told me, end quote, what's life if it's not personal? End quote. <laughs> That's, That's actually from, uh, Boardwalk Empire. Oh, that's a good. TV show. Well, you but, saw it, yeah. yeah. And this one is criticism. So I'm going to ask you. Daniel Knutson says, you have too much dead air on your football broadcasts. Huh? You operate the games. I think that's the one thing I... You can criticize a lot about our football broadcasts. I don't think we have much dead air at all. Too much dead air. In fact, I think maybe I talk too much. Yeah, I don't. I I'd have to go back and like nobody listens to the broadcasts more intently than I yeah, do. Yeah, that's why I'm asking uh, you. I'm not just saying this, but I don't think that's uh, true. Okay, good. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, man. Don't worry. I got you. I'll give you your uh, deodorant uh, when you need it again next time. <laughs> Jeez, man. Uh, we'll be back with more of the sports. Might need cage. some more, actually. <laughs> I know. I can smell. Yeah. We'll be back with more of the sports cage in a moment on 620 CKRM. 620 CKRM is proud to be the official radio partner of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports talk anywhere. This is the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. Big day in the world of sports. Leading off, Tom Brady's retiring after 23 years in the NFL. Seven Super Bowls, five Super Bowl MVPs, both of those records, 15 Pro Bowls, Three league MVPs and basically uh, every passing record imaginable. I guess if you stay around long enough, you get most of the records. He is done. Maybe he stayed one year too long, but uh, he is, says he's done for good now. And uh, who knows? Does he go to Fox? We shall see. Uh, Sean Payton, they're still working out details for him to become the head coach of the uh, Denver Broncos. We were supposed to be joined today, but it kind of got wild there in Denver, as you can imagine. So tomorrow we'll be joined by the longtime play-by-play man of the Denver Broncos, Dave Logan, who is an unbelievable athlete himself. He was, he was uh, selected in the Major League draft by the Reds, the NBA draft by the by the Kansas City Kings, and the NFL draft by the Cleveland Browns. He would go to the Browns, he would go then to the Broncos, uh, had 24 touchdowns in his career, almost 5,000 yards receiving, and then he went and uh, was the six-year color commentator for the Broncos and slides into the play-by-play role. So he'll be interesting tomorrow to talk to. Uh, so we got lots to go the rest of this week, but right now we always love catching up with this guy. 
Time now for Coast to Coast with Arash Madani. Our weekly chat with a guy who has covered it all. From Hockey Night in Canada, the Olympics, World Series Baseball, and everything in between. This is Coast to Coast with Arash Madani. Gee, I wonder what we're going to talk about today, Arash. <laughs> you mean the last athlete with a link to the Montreal Expos? Is that yeah, what we're talking that, about? That's a good point there, yeah. To talk about a guy got drafted by a couple of sports, yeah. Uh, Tom Brady uh, calls it quits. Um, probably stayed a year too long, but I mean, who am I to tell the greatest of all time, uh, you know, uh, when to go? I will say this. I think he's the greatest quarterback of all time. I think the greatest football player of all time is Jerry Rice, and I stand by that. Very fair. Very fair. So, Ballsy, that's your original point. Outside of John Elway, who left on top winning back-to-back Super Bowls, which of the greats leaves at the peak? Like, Jerry Rice retired at Denver Bronco after spending time with the Seattle Seahawks. Mm Mm-hmm to say nothing of his run with the Raiders, you know. Uh, Would you say, hey, with that in mind, just let me interject quickly here. Would you say that... He wasn't at his peak, but he didn't embarrass himself. I would liken what Brady's doing to what Gretzky did. When Gretzky left, his team wasn't great. He was playing with a bunch of schlubs. You know, I think he only had nine goals, but he still led the New York Rangers in scoring when he left. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. It's, um, it's tough for these guys. I mean, Michael Jordan left for four years. Mm-hmm came back as a Washington wizard. Magic Johnson went away for a few years. Retired, unretired. Obviously, the first time was because of HIV, but then he tried to come back in the mid-90s, and that that didn't work out. I think for some of these players, they also live a little bit of delusion that they think they're at their peak when they're not. And I think this was the year Tom realized that, yes, Father Time is undefeated, even for him. Yeah, but but Arash, can I jump in here? When you look at it, I agree with you. He wasn't what he uh, once was, and who would be at 45 compared to, like, 30. Dude played 23. He played half of his life in the Ultimate Football League, but... I would I would say, and this is conservative, he's better at the end of this regular season better than half of the starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, he'd be right there. He'd be in the middle of the pack. Uh, it's just weird seeing Tom Brady in the middle of the pack. Yeah. Apology, like, I was making this point today. I'm doing a piece for Sportsnet tonight on Brady. I think in North American pro sports, mm-hmm. you know, when you talk about the GOAT in their sport, And the GOAT is not just when it comes to performance. It's what the brand represents, who they are, the significance of what they mean in the everyday conversation, not just with sports fans, but everywhere. Like, to me, it's Michael Jordan, it's Tiger Woods, and it's Tom Brady. Yeah. You could walk into any shop on Rodeo Drive or St. Catherine Street or anywhere on this continent, and people will know who you're talking about, sport fan or not, impact of what they've meant if you talk about Jordan, Woods, and Brady. Yeah, and I think part of Tom's legacy 
is his longevity and how he was able to play at a high level. I had Trevor Harris on the show yesterday, and uh, Trevor yeah. said, Trevor did say, you know, I've been doing the TB12 method. I, I uh, credit Tom Brady with me looking at my life a little differently. Kahari Jones told Trevor Harris, you know, I quit my mid-30s. Not because they didn't think I could play, but everybody was telling me that was the age to quit, so I quit. Kahari told Trevor, as long as you want to keep playing, you can keep playing because you look after your body. And Harris said, hey, I really looked up to, in a way, Tom Brady, the way he carried himself, put put the things in his body or didn't put the things in his body, the stretching, all that type of stuff. So that might be just as big a part of Tom's legacy as what he leaves on the field. Yeah, no question. And I thought it was classy that Patrick Mahomes today you know, quote tweeted Brady's announcement with the goat emojis. But you're right, Brady introduced forever football was about strength training. It was who could lift the most. Uh, Tom Brady made us realize that flexibility is maybe most important of all, especially at that position. I mean, look what that, that was a big reason, you know, in the CFL scene, Henry Burris will also be the one to tell you all those bands, all the yoga, all the stretching, all those kinds of exercises were huge for why he was able to play as long as he did and survive as long as he did. Yeah, I think when we talk, uh, Tom Brady, and you bring up the CFL, another guy to mention would be Damon Allen. Won that great cup at 42 in 2004 after the Lions dumped him prematurely. Uh, I always thought he was a smooth athlete into his 40s. Yeah, no question about it. And so now, you know, it's it's weird, Ballsy. I mean, Tom Brady arrived on the scene before, I mean, in the flip phone era, before social media, before we had Blackberries, let alone iPhones. Um, this is going to be the first year without Tom Brady in professional football in the, you know, in the 2000s. Yeah, that's crazy. That is crazy. So let me ask you, does this make... Now, you you may or may not want to talk about this, but I know you will. I'm just saying that with my tongue in cheek. Does this make... Because I'm looking around the uh, NFC landscape now, and there's talk that Aaron Rodgers could be gone. But now do you pause in that Green Bay front office and say, hmm, Tampa's going to be a five-win team this year, unless they maybe can somehow get Derek Carr. Um, and maybe they do do that, because Derek Carr could really make that turn that team around right away. But you got San Francisco's a mess with their injured quarterback situation. Announced today that Jimmy G will not be back with the 49ers. You got the Eagles, but if they win the Super Super Bowl, and even if they don't, some guys got to get paid like Jalen Hurts. So, I mean, you keep Aaron around another year. The Green Bay Packers keep their draft picks, maybe get them a tight end, another receiver. You never know what can happen. I think fundamentally with Rodgers, the point has to be made. Are you willing to be all in for the offseason program, OTAs, mini camps, and work with these receivers and be a mentor and be a leader? Or are you just showing up on the first day of training camp? and go because if it's the former if he's willing to be all in with these guys okay let's let's go for this but if he if Aaron just wants to do what the bare minimum in the contract is I think that's when it's time to go to Jordan Love and see what he can do look we just talked about father time being undefeated Aaron Rodgers statistically just had the worst season by far of his career like it wasn't even close and it looked like an old man in in a uniform we're used to expecting a lot different from. So Hmm. I think this comes down more to what Rodgers is willing to do, quote-unquote, for the program, 
than anything else. All right, Arash Madani, Coast to Coast, brought to you by our good friends at Smart Investing Solutions. Brian Golly, be smart with your money. Last one for you, okay? Now, yeah. I told you, Arash Madani, you're a fan of your team, and your team has a chance to get this coach. He's won one Super Bowl, and... Yeah. Well, I'll put it to you this way. Would you would you give twenty million dollars a year and two high draft picks for Mike McCarthy? I think your answer would be an emphatic no. But his record is the exact same as Sean Payton's winning percentage wise in the regular season and in the playoffs and in terms of Super Bowls as a head coach. I would say a hard no to Mike McCarthy. Why don't I say a hard no to Sean Payton? Because Peyton, um, whether it's fair or not, accurate or not, true or not, he's done a remarkable job of marketing himself. Um, and people believe BS, Ballsy, as you know, especially rich people with a lot of money. He has, he has groomed himself. He has established himself as some sort of quarterback whisperer, some kind of quarterback guru. And on top of that, Russell Wilson told ownership that he wanted to work with Sean Payton. And when they're invested nearly $300 million into Russell Wilson, um, well, what's another 20 to bring in Sean Payton? For the, for the founders of Walmart, the owners of Walmart, 20 million bucks a year, Ballsy, is a rounding error. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's, 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 like, that's, tip, that's like tipping over a Rash Madani's couch. No big deal. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> hey, hey, man, uh, thank, thanks for your time. We'll catch up with you next week. Are you still going to the Super Bowl? Did that get confirmed? We, that is confirmed. We are flying out Sunday morning. We'll be there all week, Walsy. Good. So looking forward to uh, letting you know the sights and sounds from Phoenix. I can't wait, man. Thanks for your time, buddy. Okay, Ballsy. Take care. We'll be back with more. And speaking of the sights and sounds of Phoenix, little Ballsy sports shorts here, and we'll take you all the way back to February 1st, 2015 in Glendale, Arizona. What happened? John Ryan knows what happened. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Where Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Yeah, love it. Little Metallica. Um, welcome back to the show. 936-6262, our text line. You can call that number locally, too, if you want to chat some sports and chop it up, or 1-866-767-0620. I'm Michael Ball, the host. That's my co-host and producer, Sean Kleisinger. Um, this from uh, Christopher. Oh, my God. Gretzky crushes Brady as the goat. Uh, no. Uh, disagree. Um Wayne Gretzky played in an era where he shot on goaltenders that wore pencils as yeah. goalie pads. Well, listen, Literally listen. You can only play pencils. Hey, listen, you can only play in the era that you played in, okay? He played through the uh well, 79 through the 80s and all the 90s. So he played a, a good stretch and the game changed and Gretzky is the greatest hockey player that ever yeah. played. Okay, yes. But like you could flick a puck from the 
center of the ice, and but the Tom goalie Brady, would be like, but it would but, go in. But Tom Brady played the most important position in North American professional sports and played it at a high level. Even this year, when he had a down year, he was better than two-thirds of the starting quarterbacks in the NFL. For three separate decades. So yeah. Brady's the GOAT. Brady is the... But if I'm doing a Mount Rushmore of GOATs, I probably need... I probably need five mountains. Like for hockey, it's Gretzky. For basketball, I'm gonna go Jordan. Uh, for the uh, Major League Baseball, who? Hmm. The greatest baseball player of all time. Honestly, I think uh, I, I think I would just. I don't know who I, I think I would just put the Babe. Probably the Babe. Although my favorite's Tony Gwynn. Uh, football, it's it's uh, it's Tom Brady. Um, we said Gretzky hockey, boxing. It's Muhammad Ali. Hmm. Don't know enough about UFC, but those would be the major. And golf, it's Tiger Woods. I mean, really, I don't know what else. I think what John else? John Jones might be UFC. In okay. my opinion. Chuck Liddell, George Saint, <laughs> George Saint Pierre, Conor McGregor. Did how you about, see Conor McGregor yeah. got in an accident? Yeah, and then some lady accused him of assault too. How about uh, George Saint Pierre? He's got to be up oh, there. Yeah, yeah, George got to be one of the goats. Yeah, he's up good there. Good Canadian guy. Good, good Canadian. Good Canadian boy. guy. Now. Maybe the greatest athlete of all time, if we're talking Canada, is Terry Fox. Oh, yeah. He's an athlete. Hero, man. Hero, He has athlete. that nice statue in Thunder Bay. Oh, yeah. Awesome guy. Um, other sporting news. Now, uh, we've got the Super Bowl in Glendale, Arizona, as previously mentioned many times and many more times. We've got two weeks to kill. Arash Madani's going to be our eyes and ears on the ground there. But it was on this day. Now, the Super Bowl was played there one other time. That was in the 1994. Going into the 95 season when Barry Switzer and the Dallas Cowboys beat Neil O'Donnell and the Pittsburgh Steelers and the rigid jawed Bill Cower when they beat them there at the Sun Devil Stadium in Tempe, Arizona. Yeah, that would have been the 95 season yeah, was going not, into 96. Was that what it was? Yeah, I think 95 so. into 96, yeah, right. Yeah. So anyway, Super Bowl 30. I always get that mixed up. This was the 2014 season going into the 2015 season. A chance for the Seattle Seahawks to win back-to-back Super Bowls. Let me set the stage for you. It's in the fourth quarter. There are 26 seconds left. Beast mode's in the running back spot to the left of Russell Wilson when he was cooking. The Seahawks are going to win. Our buddy John Ryan is going to win his second straight Super Bowl. And here we go. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Yeah. Malcolm Butler, who almost made <laughs> the phenomenal play. Yeah, Malcolm Butler makes the interception. He jumps the route, undercuts the pass. Why don't you hand the football off to Marshawn Lynch? Just trying to be fancy there at the end of the game. And that's the thing about Brady. Brady, he, yes, he is, a, he is a star. He's the GOAT, but... Atlanta shouldn't have choked. That's one Super Bowl off the board. Um, 
Then we've got uh, this one. That's another Super Bowl off the board. Now, he could have had one on the board when Tyree made the helmet catch. But, I mean, he's gotten away with with a few of them. I mean, the first two that he won, they, it took last-second Adam Vinatieri field yeah. goals. And Super Bowl 36 against the St. Louis Rams. Super Bowl 38 against the Carolina Panthers. Now, if Donovan McNabb isn't um, throwing up, throwing up do they w- lose out one in Jacksonville uh, think, when they won 24-21 yeah, of the Eagles? was still yeah. arguably the better team that year. So. Okay, let's have a little fun here before we go to break. Right. I want to point this out, okay? John, now this isn't fun. I'll save that till the end. This is fun. An Idaho man has broken the world record for most fist bumps performed in 30 seconds. Here is David Rush getting into the Guinness Book of World Records with 273 alternating fist bumps. This is what it sounds like. All right, here. Come on! Wow. Uh, yeah, that's, is he slapping a fish around? Yeah, I have no idea. That sounds like something else, but <laughs> this is a family show. very cool, No, man. it doesn't. That would hurt your knuckles. 273 <laughs> alternating fist bumps in 30 seconds. That is crazy. And this we should is, have played 30 seconds of it. Yeah, we should have. And this is interesting. <laughs> I, I was really happy to see the Cleveland Guardians did this as we go to break. John Adams, the fan who banged on a bass drum in the stands for almost 50 years, died this week at the age of 71. He attended more than 3,700 games starting in 1973. That would be a man after my own Sean Kleisinger's heart. Let's uh, hear the tribute the Cleveland Guardians did to him. Since 1973, John Adams has been the heartbeat of Cleveland baseball games, keeping the spirit in the ballpark alive. His tradition started when he was just 21 years old and wanted to recreate in the new ballpark the sound of banging chairs that was so popular at Cleveland Municipal Stadium. For $25 at a garage sale, John purchased the bass drum that would accompany him to games for 48 years. The beat of his drum could be heard all over the ballpark as the team took the field when a home run sailed out of the park or when the team needed an extra lift. John quickly became a fan and team favorite and was at the ballpark for countless moments and memories. Out of his 48 years of drumming, he only missed 45 home games. John will always remain a member of Cleveland baseball and a part of the ballpark with his dedicated seat in the bleachers. We will never forget John Adams' bass drum and how it brought this ballpark to life. From all of us, Thank you, John. Sports ticker at 432. Just two games on the NHL schedule tonight. Carolina is in Buffalo, and the Toronto Maple Leafs host the Boston Bruins. After a four-year hiatus, the Arena Football League has announced it's relaunching under a new ownership group, returning to the field coming up here in 2024. Let's go. Spread right, fake spear. Play past 16 counters, ZD bang. Full back west right, zoom. Full back left. Pass half back at zero, Z quick screen left. On one, right.
It's time now for the CFL Report, and we rewind to yesterday on the Sports Cage when pending free agent quarterback Trevor Harris joined us to talk about his immediate future with free agency right around the corner. You know, I, I had a good talk with uh, with Coach Machocha, uh, with, Jace, with Jason Moss uh, yesterday and today, and just developing a plan for, you know, these, these next coming day and week and uh, just making sure that we're on the same page with everything, uh, just because I love those guys so much. I have so much respect for them. And, uh, you know, I guess we'll just kind of see what happens here over the next, you know, number of days. Uh, I hate to sound cold or uh, noncommittal or anything of that nature. It's more just uh, I just remain fairly private with, you know, certain negotiations and, yeah. you know, where you're leaning or this or that. And so uh, just out of respect for the process, that's kind of where I've gone with it. But I can tell you that I love Danny Machoke. I love Jason Moss. And, uh, we have a lot of reciprocated respect and, uh, you know, to go way past football with um, my relationship with them. Whether it's Montreal or somewhere else, uh, and you know, and it, hey, listen, we're not speaking out of school here. We know the Rough Riders are looking for a quarterback, um, and I don't expect you to speak on that. But what I'm getting at is, what are you looking for, you know, for yourself? Is it is it who you're playing with, the coach? Uh, you know, I know there's some uncertainty with ownership there here in Saskatchewan. It's the coach and the GM are on a one-year deal. Like, what what's important to you, Trevor? You know, everything you just listed is, is spot on. It's, you know, it's everything. It's, uh, for me, you know, priority one and priority two are, for me, it's glorifying Jesus Christ uh, first and foremost. And, and secondly, it's making sure that I'm in a position where I can put my family uh, around me and be with my, my immediate family and my wife uh, of seven and a half years, my two boys and third boys on the way. Uh, and then thirdly, to me, it's about impacting, you know, your teammates in the locker room and putting yourself in a position to uh, to be successful in terms of helping drive your teammates get toward their goals. And that's really where I've been my whole life is gearing towards just how can I, you know, influence and impact my teammates in a great way and, you know, set yourself up to have success on the football field and, and learn and grow through the process. What kind of impression do you have of Regina? It is the uh, heartbeat of the CFL right here. No disrespect to any fan base, mm-hmm. but it is the heartbeat. I wonder when you guys, as a visitor, come into town, if ever you think to yourself, gee, I wonder what it would be like to run out of that tunnel instead of being the enemy. Yeah, Saskatchewan's a really cool place, and I've always really enjoyed playing in Regina. And the reason I've said that is just the atmosphere. It feels like it's important. It feels like it's a huge game, and the environment is always set really well, especially when the Riders are winning. And when the Riders are winning, it, it that place gets rocking. And, you know, when you have a night game and they play to bring them out uh, as an opposing team, like, that gets me hyped, man. Like, uh, you can kind of feel the stadium rumbling and, and that sort of thing. So it is pretty cool, um, really cool experience. Um, and obviously the fans haven't been very nice to me, um, you know, <laughs> opposing player, you know, just saying certain things. But it's all in good fun. I enjoy it. It's time to step into the Radio Octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the Sports Cage. Rolling right along on this Wednesday. Forgot to take my garbage out today, Singer. Wednesday's garbage day. Yeah, it is, man. And I forgot to take my garbage out. Still won't be as stinky as what my armpits are today. No kidding. Guy comes... You know the dedication this guy has... To his job, he didn't wear any deodorant, so he asked me to bring him some deodorant. And I, I brought you the California Special. I bought that in SoCal when we were down there. Do you know what catches my eye when I look at this bar of deodorant? What's that? It says clinical protection. There on you it. go, man. Like, what does that even well, you mean? Have a, you have a, a you're immune compromise. Is so this going to take away the lesions in my skull? No, but what it's going to do is probably leave some Give white some under your... Give me some 17-inch No, 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 like no but it might leave some white under your armpits, like on your... 
as you put your shirt on. Oh, yeah. So This stuff really burned, by the way, when I put it on my <sighs> armpits. I'm not used to this. This is potent stuff for we America. Only, uh, <laughs> you got to be careful. Yeah, those Americans come tough. Let's speak, to, let's speak to an American right now. But we kind of consider him Canadian, too, because he lives right in our backyard. Joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline is Richie Hall. Hi, Richie. Hey, good. How you doing there, Michael? Doing great. So you're in... Colorado. How often do you get back to the homeland there? I usually try to come back twice a year, you know, and this is an extended trip. You know, I, I got here around January 2nd, and then my wife's coming down tomorrow, and I'll, we'll go back uh, probably the last week of uh, February. Okay, so uh, what do you do to power down and get away from things? Uh, uh, do you go hiking in the mountains? What do you do? No, just, you know, just coming back, and, you know, there's some stuff taking care of some business here with my folks' house. Uh, uh, having some renovations doing uh, going on right now, mm. you know, so trying to be a uh, trying to help coordinate that. Oh, okay. I was so, gonna uh, I was gonna ask you, Richie, because I am not. I uh, tell jokes and broadcast football games for a living. Uh, Richie Hall, are you a handyman? No, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not. So, <laughs> so it's watching the uh, the contractors and trying to stay out of their way. Is your is your wife more hands on than you in terms of fixing things around the house? Because my girlfriend turned to me one day, and these are her words, not mine. She goes, "Why do I have to be the woman and the man in the house?" <laughs> no, I'm the I'm the fixer upper in that in that regards, but uh, I'm not much for want, for doing very much, you know. So yeah, I'm just uh, I'm just trying to stay out of their way, move the furniture, and. Uh, you know, like I told my sister, because she's the one that's kind of coordinated from uh, from afar back in uh, Baltimore, uh, just make sure, because we're having the house painted, I say, just make sure it's not rainbow colors. I'm okay with it. <laughs> so, I want to ask you about what's going on in the Super Bowl. We've got uh, two African-American quarterbacks starting for the first time ever uh, against uh-huh. each other. It's never happened before. Is that a big deal to you as an African-American? Um, I'm happy. It's a shame it's taken this long, but um, I, I guess I, I kind of wonder why when, when I, I guess in this situation, African Americans are are why does a, why does race have to play uh, presidents before? them just being two good football players. I agree. I agree. Warren Moon told me that once. He said, you know, I came up to Canada, and what I loved about Canada is I was just the quarterback. I wasn't a black quarterback. How did you, you didn't play quarterback, but you came up here, you were an undersized African-American guy trying to play in the secondary. Did you find anything, uh, what, what were your experiences coming here? I'm just diving into your book, so I haven't got to that point yet. No, um, you know, I just thought that you know, I, I thought coming up to Canada, um, the low man in the totem pole, as you, as you were going to call it, would be the natives. You know, so I thought, you know, me being black coming up there, um, it just felt like I was just like everybody else. You know, I, I, I thought that the natives were the ones that were discriminated against, you know, not so much the blacks. And then I think a lot of times people look at you differently because um, even though I was black, I was a football player. So I think they saw a football player black and not black and then what else I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and it's a good point. It's a shame that we have to have any discrimination in this year, 2023. So, Richie, uh, take me to 
the Great Cup week here. You live in Regina, you know, in the winter months, but you're obviously uh, in Winnipeg coaching. Uh, just talk about the week. It didn't end the way you wanted. Uh, just the whole week and that game, because that was a wacky game. That was the best of the CFL, even though it didn't end the way Richie Hall and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers wanted to see it end. Very much so. Um, it was an exciting week. You know, we, we, we got there. I really want to, to go there. I really want to go uh, back to Regina. Uh, again, want to come out victorious, but things just didn't work out for us. But um, it was exciting. You know, it was different. Uh, it was the first time that I saw uh, Saskatchewan's locker room. You know, so just to be in there is pretty, pretty special. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, it was... Uh, uh, very tearful, but uh, it was exciting. You know, it was exciting just to be able to get back there three years in a row um, to represent the West, to represent the city of uh, Winnipeg, and uh, very exciting, I guess, uh, opportunity for our football team. And uh, I, you know, I think coming to Saskatchewan is just um, it's just special. You know, any time that you come there and you got a chance to play in Mosaic Stadium or the old Taylor Field because uh, the fans are so tremendous. You know, they're the heartbeat of the CFL. Did you do you ever get over that, Richie? Uh, I've, I, I, I'm going to ask Mike Pringle this a little later on on where are they now. Um, do the losses stay with you longer than the thrill of victory? Um, I think so. You know, because you know it's not guaranteed that you're going to get there, so you want to make the most of the opportunity. Uh, Mike, to be honest with you, I still haven't looked at the Great Cup game. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll do that sometime in February. But uh, you know, there's plays that stick out in my mind. But, you know, it's just, you know, you're thankful for having the opportunity. And then, again, you want to win it, um, but things just didn't work out. But it, it, it stays with you just because it's, uh, it's a pinnacle and there's no guarantee that you get back there. So you always want to make the most of the opportunity when you, when you, when you have that opportunity uh, to be a great cup champion. And we didn't make enough plays to be victorious. Richie, uh, we took listeners down to watch the NFL, and uh, hey, I love the NFL. Got some elite athletes there, but uh, a third of the game's basically useless with the kickoffs going through the back of the end zone with the fair catch. Uh, that's what I love about our game. You always got to do something with the football. But here's a question for you: Are we making this game too much pro offense? I don't know if I've asked you this. If I have, just humor me and pretend I haven't. Are we making this game too much towards the offense, both sides of the border? Hey. I like points, but there's nothing to matter with a good, well, like the Grey Cup. It wasn't like a back-and-forth video game. That was a good, solid football game. I'd love to see more of those games. To me, it's become too ticky-tacky against defense. I, I, I agree with you. You know, I'm being biased uh, because I'm on the defensive side of the ball, uh, but I want to see good football. You know, good football. And you can have good, exciting football if it's defense and it's dominating it. You know, and I, and I do think when you look at the rule changes – they're always geared towards the offense. You know, um, the offense gets to do this, they get to do that, and they want to increase scoring. Um, but scoring doesn't mean it's better football. All it means is just higher scoring. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know what the the league average is compared this year over the last number of years and stuff, but I, I just like to think that you want to put a good, exciting product on the field, regardless of if it's good offense, good defense. You know, continue... Uh, uh, implementing special teams because it's such an exciting part of our game. I think that's one of the uh, biggest difference between our game and the, the game down south. You know, is uh, is just uh, the special teams and the kicking game and uh, um, do everything to ex- make the game exciting, not so much 
that it's one-sided versus offense versus defense. You know, we talk about culture building, and, you know, Calgary's got a pretty steady culture, and Winnipeg has turned into that, too, being in three straight Grey Cups, uh, almost one three straight in a row. Um, any concern, and I know, I don't know how much you have to say, free agency, obviously you're not negotiating the contracts, but you guys are re-signing uh, some veteran guys, and they're back, and they, they obviously can still play, but any concern where, yeah, you, you could be walking a fine line with getting too old, per se. Um, I think you always got to try to find that balance. You know, you want to try to find that balance where where you have your foundation, uh, but at the same time you want to integrate uh, the young players in there just so the, the turnover isn't all great at one time. And I think they've done a great job with that because even when you look, um, I don't think we're an old football team. I think we're a seasoned veteran football team. But I think we have a nice balance of young players and older players. And I think that's always what you want. You know, you want to build that, that chemistry regarding, you know, I wouldn't say for the past, but, you know, uh, the guys that are your Stanley Bryant, your, your Adam Big Hills. Uh, but also, you know, you got your young guys with your uh, Brandon Alexander and, and those types of guys, you know. So um, I think we, we sit really well. You know, I don't think we're old. I don't think we're young. I think we have an opportunity to win this year. But I also think we have an opportunity to win two or three years from now also. All right, last comment, because it is a big day in football. Uh, the GOAT in terms of quarterback play, Tom Brady retires. I say he's the GOAT in terms of quarterback play, because in my mind, Richie, uh, the best football player that ever played in the NFL is Jerry Rice. When you could have those records to be a receiver that only touches the ball on average six to eight times a game, maybe a little more for Jerry. I consider Jerry the best football player that ever played um you're a little older than me so you might have a different opinion but just a comment on tom brady i think he's special you know here's a, here's a person that wasn't the most athletic but he made the most of his abilities that he had and the thing when you look at tom brady i think what the thing that everyone talks about he was a winner he found a way to win he sacrificed his money to get good players on his football team and he did whatever he had to do in order to be successful you know um he wasn't flashy, you know. My favorite, you know, I'm a I'm a Green Bay Packer fan. I, I like Aaron Rodgers. You know, I think ability wise, Aaron Rodgers is one of the best that's ever played. But when it comes down to who wins championships, you know, who wins games, and that's Tom Brady. And you can't take away what seven uh, seven Super Bowls. Yeah, that's pretty special. I don't think that will ever be touched. No, I don't think you know, so. And 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 he, and he won seven, but he was what? He was there ten times. Yeah. I think it's ten times, yeah, seven and three, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah that's that's that, that's pretty special. That's that's hard to do. That'll you know, and, uh, that'll never uh, be touched. You know another record that'll never be touched, Richie. While I got you here, what Mike Pringle is the leading rusher in CFL history with over sixteen thousand yards. With the way we operate now in football, with the the. The revolving running backs, like you don't have a bell cow that gets thirty carries in a game. I don't see that record getting touched. No, not at all. He was special. You know, he was a hard-nosed player. I'm glad I was gone when he came on. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, his, his longevity, but at the same time, you know, he made the most of it, you know, when he got a chance to, to run the football. And, and people forget he wasn't always the focal guy when he first started in the CFL. No. 
He wasn't. No, absolutely not. And won both of his Grey Cup championships right here in Saskatchewan with the 95 Baltimore team and the 2003 Edmonton team before he left. This guy is in, uh, well, he will be in uh, Ryder Plaza of Honor uh, legendary status whenever he decides to quit football, but the guy's not going away. And we're happy about that, too, because we can always call on him. Thanks for your time, Richie. Enjoy the rest of the renovations and time in Colorado, okay? Thank you a lot. Take care of yourself. Enjoy the cold weather up there. Yeah, you know what? It's actually going to get warm. It's supposed to be like minus five this week, so you can't rub it in there, Richie. Okay, well, it's still warmer here than it is there. Okay, that's good. Take care, buddy. <laughs> See you, man. All right. That's you later. Richie right. Hall joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. When we come back, we'll talk a little CFL free agency. It's the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. We're talking sports on your way home. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. I want to throw in one here extra, too. Tanner Howe, career-high four assists last night in that loss, 6-5 in overtime. I was thinking that, but to me, like, bring home the dub, baby. Yeah, but if it's you, not his fault. Clutch it's performer. not his fault. you got to bring home the dub. He's just a kid. He's just a kid. He's just a kid. I don't care, baby. Tonight he's going to get a chance to uh, perform again. This we talking about. And I like the fact that, uh, you know, Bedard's getting a lot of the attention, but because Bedard's getting the attention... Uh, now people will pay attention to the Sposals and to the Sues the Levs and to the Howes and to the Sims. Yeah. So they'll get a little extra attention tonight with a sold-out Saddle Dome. Okay, CFL free agency here. Um, actually, hold on a second. I want to look at this. We'll go All to right. that. We'll go to that in a minute. Okay. I want to talk about this while you got a couple of minutes because you had a good story we never got to. Oh yeah. So John Adams passed away. He is a fan that's been banging the drums at Cleveland. It was Indians and now Guardians games since 19, I think, 73. Like 37, 3,700 games is what he's been doing there, banging the drums. And when I played that clip, because they had a nice um, thing for him on on all the socials. Yeah, so sorry. He died earlier this week, age of 71, since 1973. So for 50 years, 3,700 games. They had a nice... um, tribute for him on Instagram and all the social media pages for the Guardians. You met him. Tell us about that. Yeah, I was at a Cleveland Indians game at the time. They were the Indians. They were playing the Minnesota Twins. It was July 14th 2019 in their new state, like not not municipal per, stadium. No, progressive. Progressive, field, yeah. 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 And so uh I always knew of this guy because I've been watching Blue Jay games since uh well, the 90s. I know it's not that long ago, but come yeah, on, I'm only 30 years old well, here. Almost so, 30 years. So all my life, I've known of this guy banging the drum, right? Every time when the Blue yep. Jays play the Indians, they always show him in the outfield, like absolutely slamming on that thing. Mm. So when I got to the ballpark, I thought to myself, man, I kind of just want to like say hi to this guy because to me, it would be kind of cool to say hi to this dude because I've been watching him on TV my whole life. So I... I I, I did the creeper mode. I was creepy mode. I knew exactly where this guy was sitting because of all the years I've been watching him. And I did a bit of research, not going to lie. Found out where he was sitting. Wow. Middle of the fourth inning, I think it was. Maybe it was middle of the fifth. Either or. I went out to the outfield there, uh, and uh, he was just standing there along the aisle on mm-hmm. the base of the concourse. And I just went by him, and I said, hey, how you doing? And then he, all he said to me, hey, 
that he had a like you know I just remember yeah he kind had of a, a whiny boy yeah, like a he, higher pitched yeah, voice that's what he said to me and then I just remember he had his mustache and everything and it was just cool. that's all he said to you was that, hey that's all so that's my story I had communication with the man you now now had it been about how many people in Regina do you think had communication with that guy most guys don't even know who he is till we brought him up but he's a legend you, you, you were too you were too early in your uh, time meeting him because you couldn't take a selfie yeah that would have been where's that stadium rank progressive field yeah it's pretty nice it was built in the early early 90s yeah so right it, around when they were really good with Albert Bell and stuff. Yeah, it was right around the era where Jim Major League Baseball started opening their brand new uh, ballparks. Like the Oriole Park, Camden Yards Camden was Yards, like the first yeah. one. Have you been to that one? No, not yet. No, not yet. That looks like a nice one. Yeah, it does. We got to go. Hey, since right you field. and I are a couple of California kids, and you got the California deodorant I gave you, yeah. we should go to Petco Park and go to oh, a game. That would be a nice one, man. Hey, would be a nice. We should one. do a sports skates trip around there. Oh, you know that was like a couple of years ago. That was my goal. Try to get to all these ballparks. I don't know if it's going to happen. No, now, you but... got a kid now. There's no way you'll be divorced. Yeah, maybe. And trust me, divorce will sink your future trip plan. So you better not. No, don't 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 <laughs> give me those. Oh, no, things are good in the Kleisinger household. We good. Babe. Yeah. Uh, okay, we're gonna take a break. We have the five o'clock news. Thanks for letting me share that. By no way. problem, man. It's a great story. Corey Atkinson will come by with the uh, 5 o'clock news. Then we'll be joined by Farhan Lalji. And maybe we'll get to some CFL free agency talk too. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Lives here. Welcome to another hour of the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. Welcome back to the show. Michael Ball here along with Sean Kleisinger. Hey, we got uh, some more breaking news. Now, if you're a... Uh, uh, Longtime NFL fan, the name Bobby Bethard will ring a bell. He was the one that built the Washington Redskins of the 80s when they were, you know, the Hoggies and uh, John Riggins, the hired Joe Gibbs as the coach. Mm-hmm. Then he was my uh, my team's GM when they went to their only Super Bowl in the 1994 season. That would be the San Diego Chargers. Bobby Bethard passing away today at the age of 86. Tonight we got Pats Hockey on 620 CKRM and we've got Pats Hockey on TSN. So you can mute the TV and get Dante's call and watch Connor Bedard at the Saddledome. It's Scotia a big Banks. game, man, because Dude. the hitmen are just a couple spots yeah. above the Pats in the standings. They always call this the quote-unquote four-point game. Well, this is a four-point game. Well, and, and, and Zinger, too. How about the fact that um, <laughs> that they probably average about 4,500 fans? They're getting yeah. 20,000. That'll pay a few... Uh, Bus trips and yeah. hotel trips. Uh, let's head out on the Western Pizza Hotline, and we're speaking with uh, TSN's Farhan Lalji. Farhan, thanks for taking my call. Getting ready to probably head out and cover the Super Bowl. With that in mind, a couple of NFL talking points to start with. Tom Brady packs it in finally, or for good, or this time it's for good. Your thoughts on Tom Brady? Well, I mean, goat, right? Like it kind of starts and ends there. He really, really was the best of all time. Uh, you know, when the, the Manning-Brady rivalry was always in full effect, I was always a Manning guy. But as things progressed and the rings just continued to add up, right, like there, there really was no debating it anymore. So what he's done is amazing. Um, I don't, I, like, no one's winning seven as a starter again. Like, it's just not going to happen, especially at that position. But I can't, um, I, I'm trying to wrap my head around why come back for a year. You know, like, if, in fact, the narrative at the time was it cost him his marriage. 
he really worth it to come back for a season, especially one that probably wasn't all that fulfilling? So that part of it is, is odd to me, but uh, all that said, uh, love that I could watch the greatest player of all time in his prime. I covered seven or eight of his Super Bowls. Um, I want to say, anyway, seven or eight. Yeah, sorry, it was seven, uh, because I didn't do the COVID one uh, when they won, when he won in Tampa. But, um, yeah, just to, to witness that firsthand. You know, the thing is, is that so many people hated seeing the Patriots come all the time. But it was always because of Belichick. Because even if you didn't like the Tom Brady story, Tom Brady was still a good guy to deal with, right? And uh, so for for me, I, uh, I appreciate the fact that, that that was part of it. And he was a great player. And uh, no one's going to touch his uh, his rings and probably his records either. Farhan, I brought this up earlier. So if I um, if I were to tell you your team has to give up two high draft picks and pay Mark, Mike McCarthy $20 million to be your coach, would you do it? Uh, you're talking about Mike McCarthy, the Dallas Cowboys? Yes. Would you, would you pay for Mike McCarthy to be your coach, paying a first-round pick, a second-round pick, and 17 to $20 million a year? Would you do that? No. 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 Then why would you do it for Sean Payton? They have the exact same, basically the exact same regular season winning percentage, basically a mirror image in the playoffs, and they both won a Super Bowl as a head coach with great quarterbacks Favre and Breeze. Why are we tripping over ourselves for Sean Payton here? Well, I think there's a belief that he's much more of an innovator on the offensive side of the ball. I think there's also a belief that he kind of built Drew Breeze, right, from a guy that had no arm left. Uh, or believed to have no arm at the time, uh, built around him. And, uh, you know, I think when you look at the Packers especially, they had a little more to work with, right, especially defensively when they had their good teams. So for me, like, it's a fair question because I'm not a Mike McCarthy detractor, and I also kind of view it at, at this stage of his career where I just see it from McCarthy's standpoint as a little bit more of the twilight. But, um yeah, no, it's a fair question, you know, and, and I, I like Sean Payton. I've got a ton of respect for him. Do I think he's a, a better coach? I do, but I don't think the gap is wide. Mm-hmm. Perceptions, perception is different around Sean Payton, there's no doubt. Yeah, and that's kind of where I was going with it. And by the way, my correction, it was uh, Aaron Rodgers, not Brett Favre. That was the Charles Woodson defense like you, Clay Matthews, like you referenced there when they won that one in Arlington, Texas. Now... This Super Bowl, we've got Jalen Hurts, who has exceeded expectations, I think. Maybe you you follow quarterbacking more than me. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't from your perspective. But from mine, he did. And then Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. He's the best quarterback in the NFL. Better than a lot on one leg, as he showed against Cincinnati. But if you forced me to bet today, Farhan Lalji... I would pick Philadelphia. They are better in almost every... No, they are better in every area except for maybe quarterback. And I'd still, I still... I mean, I still like Jalen Hurts. If you had a bet today, are you going Philly or Kansas City? Oh, I would bet Philly, um, just for the same reasons you outlined. And look, these are my two favorite quarterbacks, right? Um, you know, I, I just am so entertained with how Patrick Mahomes play. Like, I just love how he has changed the position and the success that he's had so early in his career. I think he is absolutely magnificent. He's the face of the league, the most popular player in the league. He's engaging. He's all of it. He's a great, you know, he's just, he's a great player and a, and a, a great face of the league. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts to me is like one of my favorite stories in football. I was there when he got benched in the national championship game and Tua took over. And I was there the following year when he handled sitting on the bench with an incredible amount of grace and class 
and character, something players today don't do. They jump, they transfer immediately. And I know that the portal wasn't there when he was going through it, but he still had the opportunity to go sit out and then wait the following year and, and just kind of do all of that, right? But he wound up going as a grad transfer. But the way he handled himself, the way he upgraded his ability to throw the football, uh, when, you know, when he came in as a second-round draft pick, I don't want to say it was an afterthought because second-round draft picks aren't usually that, but he wasn't viewed as, as that guy, right, that was going to come in and take over for Wentz. I think there was still a hope at the time that they could, they could kind of resurrect and rebuild Carson Wentz. And, and Doug Peterson liked him, saw something in him, but the fact that he could go from being on the bench in a national championship game to now starting at a Super Bowl is a remarkable story, right? And he's undersized and all of that, like so many are now, so it's not even a thing. But, you know, I love what he's done. I talked to some people in and around that organization, including a player, and, they're, they, you know, they love him. And they say that, look, it's not him that's carrying us. The reality is is that there's so much good around him that it allows him to, to play, you know, to, to get the most out of what he has. But the fact is... When plays need to be made at key times, he's making them, even if his passing totals aren't gaudy. So the story around Hurts is fantastic. And you're right, Ballsy, the entire team is better. Now, I don't, you know, when I look at this game and, and I draw the parallels to when Tampa beat Kansas City and you had Patrick Mahomes injured then and Patrick Mahomes injured now and you had an elite pass rush and you have an elite pass rush now that he's having to face. But... The one thing is, Kansas City's offensive line is a thousand times better than it was against Tampa. Yeah, like that game exposed them, and they really upgraded. And if you look at Cincinnati, they owned Buffalo's O line and and made life miserable on Josh Allen, and they were in pretty good control of that same Cincinnati defensive front this past weekend. So I don't think it's going to be one sided. I think Mahomes is going to be right there punching late in the fourth quarter, but. Philadelphia has a better team, there's no doubt. All right, and before I let you go, let's stay with the quarterback theme. <clears throat> I, I looked at uh, what you had retweeted on uh, on your Twitter account there. Uh, you're a great follow. What's this uh, launch series with Rob Williams and Nathan Rourke? Because last I talked to you, there were CFL quarterbacks working there, including the guy I think I talked to yesterday, uh, Trevor Harris. What's that all about? Well, Rob is a, is a quarterback coach out here that, you know, kind of coaches the position differently, right, in terms of how he teaches mechanics. And he's a guy that has done wonders for Nathan's career. So, you know, Nathan, I introduced him to Rob uh, during COVID, like when, when Nathan first showed up here after the draft. Mm-hmm. It was up and down as to whether or not the season was going to go. And, and so for two years, he's worked with uh, Rob, built his uh, throwing mechanics or rebuilt. And now other quarterbacks around the CFL have reached out to either Nathan or Rob to try to connect with him and see what they could do. So Nathan put together this event called the Launch Series where he's got you know other CFL quarterbacks. Trevor wasn't there at the camp, but he was there the previous week working with Rob. And um, you know, and others have spent time and others have reached out, and it's just kind of a matter of when they're going to schedule. So I think they had about four CFL quarterbacks there and about a dozen U Sports guys. And uh, it, was, it was cool just to kind of have that level of uh, quarterback play around, and they're just kind of all working off each other and learning from each other. And I think it's going to grow and you'll probably get more of the CFL guys here in one place. So, you know, Rob certainly made a dent. I was lucky because he's worked with my son who's only 14 mm-hmm. and he asked him to come along as well. And, you know, everybody else was, was older. So it was kind of cool for him to, to be in that. And if you saw the video, the kid throwing next to Nathan was, was my son. So just for him to be around that and mentored by that, you know, was really nice for him as well. But, uh, you know, kind of a good, networking opportunity for all those quarterbacks and uh, to learn from one another and get better. It's awesome, man. Thanks for the insight. We'll uh, chat with you next week when you're at the Super Bowl in Arizona. Take care, Farhan.
You too, bud. That's Farhan Lalji from TSN. We'll be back with more of the sports cage in a moment on 620 CKRM. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Sports Cage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Just ahead of another pick six. We were going to talk free agency, but we're going to hold off on that. Zinger and I want to, uh, well, his voice is cracking, mine's cracking, but we want to do a little bit of a deeper dive, and we'll talk a little more CFL free agency tomorrow as we're getting close to the communication week or tampering week where you can talk to free agents that aren't on your team. Uh, Three Down Nation came up with the top 34 free agents still left on the board. Zinger, I'm going to go in groups of five, and you only get to sign one. Okay? Ooh, okay. So we'll get you to look at that tomorrow. We'll break that down together. 936-6262, the number to text uh, if you want to get in and weigh in on the show. Still here from Mike Pringle before the end of the show. And uh, Catlin Schneider, who's curling for the Colton Flash team. We caught up with him earlier in the show. We'll replay that interview, Mike Pringle, where are they now for Floor Coverings International. But it is time now for one of these. It's Sorensen to the house! A pick six! Time now for another pick six with Ballsy and Friends as they give their take on six sports topics of the day. One year ago today, Tom Brady retired only to come back. But this time, he's called it quits for good. Unless, of course, the Niners or Raiders come calling. (laughs) Anyway, here's Tom. Morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time, so when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record and let you guys know first. So I uh, won't be long winded. You only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year. So uh, really, thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me, my family, my friends, my teammates, my competitors. Uh, I could go on forever, there's too many. Um, Thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. Love you all. Tom retires as the GOAT. Seven Super Bowls, three MVPs, 15 Pro Bowls, and almost every passing title imaginable. And I really think he's gone this time. Brady's going through a divorce, and and believe me, those aren't easy. They're painful. So he's a single dad, probably wants to focus on doing that. He's done everything he can in football as a player, and if he wants, he'll go into the broadcast booth with Fox next season. The guy who should be really upset is Greg Olson. He's the lead analyst in NFL football right now, and once he broadcasts the Super Bowl, the guy's going to be kicked to the curb if Tom wants that chair. So... Brady retires. Does that mean Aaron Rodgers is going to retire, or will he hold off to have the spotlight to himself maybe next year? 
number two in the pick six. Sean Payton's the new head coach of the Denver Broncos. The Broncos give the Saints a 2023 first round pick and a 2024 second rounder. Plus, Payton's expected to make between 17 and 20 million dollars a season. Now, can Sean Payton fix Russell Wilson? The Broncos are betting on it big time. But here's an interesting comparison I saw. Payton and Dallas Cowboys coach Mike McCarthy have almost exactly the same regular season and playoff winning percentages and both have won one Super Bowl as a head coach. Here's the question for you. Would you want your team today to spend two high draft picks and $20 million a year on Mike McCarthy? Yeah, I didn't think so. Will this work? It's going to be interesting to see if it does. Connor Bedard had a goal, his 43rd of the year, and two helpers last night as the Pats fell 6-5 in Red Deer in overtime. Now I'm glad to see Pats fans and people across the league are appreciating the superstar. Yesterday was a great crowd in Red Deer, and tonight the Saddle Dome, which almost seats 20,000 fans, is sold out as Bedard and the Pats face the Calgary Hitmen. And I feel good for Bedard's teammates too, because by extension, they have an opportunity to get noticed too. Number four in the pick six. LeBron James moved to within 89 points of breaking the NBA's career scoring record and climbed into fourth place on the assist list, finishing with a triple-double in his return to Madison Square Gardens as the Lakers beat the Knicks 129-123. James had 28 points, 11 assists, 10 boards. Last time the King played at MSG was January 22, 2020. Now, I'm a Lakers fan, but honestly, not much of a James fan. He kind of turns me off with his attitude. However, like Brady, you acknowledge and appreciate greatness. As sports fans, we got to watch two of the very best to ever do it in these last two decades. So you got to tip your cap to LeBron James, who's still playing at a very high level two decades into his career. Well, this happened while we were on the show yesterday. We didn't get into it too much, but A.C. Leonard was cut by the Riders and signed by the Elks. Not a surprising move, considering A.C. was due a huge roster bonus and had kind of a down year last year, partly due to injury. Now, I'm glad A.C. landed on his feet with a familiar friend in Chris Jones. And it's a good move for the Riders if they use the money wisely. This team has the most cap space of anybody in the league. And with his job on the line, Jeremy O'Day will have to be aggressive, but at the same time smart. It's ultimate fantasy football. The fun starts February 5th with the legal tampering period. And number six in the pick six, I saw this recently and I'm just getting to it now, but it ties into something I've been debating with, with media types and some fans this week. I hear this, the riders are a laughing stock. What a joke they are now. Nobody wants to play in Saskatchewan, the least desirable place. The riders are only big in Saskatchewan. Blah, 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 blah. Well, riddle me this, Batman. If that's indeed the case, why are they playing in Atlantic Canada for a second year in a row? And why? Why do two of the four TSN preseason broadcasts involve the Rough Riders? It's the tractor factors we say around here. Yes, on the football side, as I previously mentioned, the team does need to get retooled there. And I think they need to get back to being in touch with the fans a bit more on the business side. There seems to be a bit of a disconnect, maybe some of it pandemic, some of it probably not. But make no mistake, without the Riders and the fan base, the CFL is dead. End of discussion. 
530 with your sports ticker, and it's for Busy Bee Overhead. Busy Bee will repair or replace your residential or commercial garage door so you don't get stuck in or out. Catch the buzz. Busy Bee Doors, the garage door specialists. Well, Tom Brady took to his social media this morning posting a video announcing his retirement from football. This time, Tom said his decision is, end quote, for good. Well, we shall see. The Montreal Alouettes have signed American returner Chandler Worthy to a two-year deal. The team announced on Wednesday Worthy was set to become a free agent here on the 14th. And after a four-year hiatus, the Arena Football League has announced it's relaunching under a new ownership group returning to the field in 2024. Just two games on the NHL schedule tonight. Carolina is in Buffalo and the Toronto Maple Leafs host the Boston Bruins. This is Pap Chat brought to you by the Canadian Brew House in Regina and with a location in Moose Jaw. Tonight, the Pats are in Calgary to take on the Hitmen before a sold-out Saddle Dome. Almost 20,000 fans will be on hand to watch Connor Bedard and his teammates. Yesterday, the Red Deer Rebels had their biggest midweek crowd in a long time. They hung on for a 6-5 overtime victory over your Regina Pats. Connor Bedard had a goal and two helpers, and Tanner Howe had a career high for assists. After the contest, assistant coach Brad Haroff joined our play-by-play man Dante DiCaria to discuss that hard-fought loss. The first couple of goals are just bad bounces and I think even the last one just off brownie stick and there and I think they had about three or four you know just funky bounce goals tonight. Uh, they played hard not taking anything away from us but um, you know I, I like the way that we handled our adversity tonight. It's something that we haven't always been great at, at in the past. Um, I know we didn't like giving up a one goal lead going the third period but you know, we had power play there. You know, Sam Aramba had a breakaway. We had chances to, to get up one. We didn't get it, um, but we showed resilience. We played playoff-style hockey, and, you know, we knew uh, the Saskatoon Portland series wasn't a fluke for us. Just like that BC trip wasn't a fluke for us. And we would stay healthy and we play our hockey. You know, we feel like we can play it in any team this week. You mentioned Sam Maremba. He was unreal tonight. Like, I think maybe if you guys win this game, he has a chance to get, like, in our building, I think we'd give him a star. That's that's how he played tonight. Like, he was phenomenal. What did you think? Yeah, I agree, Dante. It was definitely his best uh, hockey game where he kind of passed um, uh, uniform. Uh, he was skating all over the ice. He was on the puck. He wasn't waiting for it. And that was the biggest thing in Sam's game. He was... Uh, He's a driving force, and a lot of times he's been waiting for the puck, waiting for things to happen for himself. And tonight, uh, he was on the puck, making things happen himself. And I think, uh, hopefully for Sam, it's a, it's a good start off of where he can be and where he should be every night. He played as well against a top team like this. Um, you know, he should be there every single night for us. Kings of Saskatchewan Sports Talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. All right, time to head out on the Western Pizza Hotline. Dinner time, game time, anytime a great time to order Western Pizza. You can text us your thoughts on the show, 936-6262. Our text line powered by Capital Ford Lincoln. We're joined by former Regina Ram and present day curler, Catlin Schneider. How are you today, Schneids? I'm good, Baldy. How you doing? Good, man. Getting set for the big uh, tankard once again, defending the crown. But before he did that, you were like you were around the corner from me at Aspen Links, uh, doing the old uh, top golf type of thing. Yeah, we were. We got the team out there and just keeping things loose, hitting some balls and having fun. So, is there more pressure trying to win a championship or defend it? Um, it's definitely a different feel from last year. I mean, last year we, you know, weren't ranked number one, call it. Uh, Dunstone's rank would have been ranked ahead of us. 
this year we're ranked number one. So, yeah, I mean, it's a little bit extra pressure and kind of everyone gunning for you. Bit of a different feel, but I think we're ready to, to take the task head on. All right. So, uh, uh, sizing up the competition, uh, who do you see as the biggest threat, not disrespecting any opponents? Yeah, there's. I was kind of looking at the field, and there's just a lot of, you know, solid teams. Um, I think, you know, the men's side, there's a lot of talent, and there's anyone could kind of um, get hot at any time. Um, I, I don't really know. I don't really have anyone in mind that I think is going to be the toughest competition. I mean, Cody Hartung's been there yeah. kind of into the playoffs a few years in a row. You got Steve Laycock back in the field playing with the ex-teammate that I went to the Briar with, Sean Meacham. So there's, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of, veterans out there and a lot of talent um it all gonna figure you know we'll figure it out when kind of the the rocks the rocks start coming down the ice and who's starting to feel it and get hot kind of at the right time uh into the weekend how much does last year's experience winning it going to the national briar uh how much does that help you guys in this tourney well big time i mean we this team formed kind of in the middle of covid so we didn't really get a chance to go play on in some of the big tournaments like we typically would, right? So last year was our first time to kind of show the world, you know, how good we could be um, at the Briar. So winning that provincial was kind of the start to to show everyone that we can compete with the top in the world, right? So that was huge for us. Um, we know we can do it again. We got all the talent in the world. It's just about kind of putting it together and being the best team out there this week. A Wednesday to sunny, uh, Wednesday to Sunday bond spiel. Is it um, more mental or a physical grind? It's both. I mean, last year we got deep in the C event. We lost a couple tight ones and had to rattle out like I think six straight wins or something crazy like that. It uh, it can be a physical and and mental grind. Um, we train hard all off season and even during the season in the gym um, to kind of be ready for something like that. You know, when you're playing three games a day, ten on games, it's taxing. It really is. It doesn't matter how good a shape you're in. So um, we're ready for that for sure. And, I mean, it can be – you can kind of go the long road or the short road, and we're kind of ready for everything. I think for us it's just the important thing is one game at a time, one shot at a time, not getting too far ahead of ourselves and just taking care of business. Different taxing than football, obviously. Which is more taxing? <laughs> well, I feel I feel like in my curling days I'm feeling the effects of my football days. <laughs> okay, knees, it's, hips. Uh, I'm a little beat up from uh, from my college football days, but uh, it's different, right? Like you know, it can be hard on parts of your bodies. You're doing the same repetition when you're sweeping over and over and over again. So you know, um, you have certain things come up that are bothering you or injured that typically you wouldn't see in football or football. You kind of everything feels a little bit sore all the time. Um, so a little more specific, but overall. Um, I'd say it's more mentally taxing curling because you don't you don't ever really get that opportunity to go and take your anger out in a physical way, right? <laughs> like yeah. you can in football. And yeah. so that was really nice. You can always kind of have a release out there on on the ice. You got to keep it a little more together and um, and just stay focused on the mental side. And you're closer to the fans, and you kind of got to be uh, more gentlemanly, don't you? <laughs> yeah, you got to watch the language out there for sure. <laughs> I've learned that the hard way. Um, and I think that's what people love about curling, right? You can actually hear and see up front what's going on, right? Like you don't really hear what gets said under the under the pile when you get tackled or, you know, in the middle of the field. But you sure can hear everything when you're curling. So definitely the, uh, a more interesting aspect from the fan base. If the ice maker's doing his or her job and the weather stays pretty consistent, how long does it take you to catch on to the ice? 
Um, I mean, we get a pre-event practice. We get to spend 10 minutes on every sheet, so that's huge. Now, you got to be a little careful because the ice can change quite a bit or quite drastically, you know, in between practice and the first event. The nice thing is we have a um, tonight's draw-off. We get set ahead, so so we'll be able to, you know, have a good idea of, of what the ice is going to be doing as we watch some of the other teams play. But really, you know, it should only take a couple ends. You know, it's, I mean, we play enough all season. We played lots of events this year that you kind of get used to figuring it out as fast as possible and, and kind of taking it and running with it. Is that the luxury you get being the defending champs? You get the uh, first draw by? Yeah, I don't even think it was because we were last year's champs, but we're just rated the highest in the event. So uh, top four gets set ahead. And then everyone kind of funnels um, kind of to the, the first round, call it. Um, so we're we're waiting for a, a winner that'll happen tonight. Anything? So, yeah, I mean, it, it's great. Yeah. It, it's great to, you know, have a be set ahead. The disadvantage is you come out and play a team that's already been on the ice. So you got to kind of bring some of that intensity that, uh, you know, the, the team that's already played a game has, has a good feel for the ice. Um, we saw in the women's event that there was three of the four teams that were set ahead actually lost that that next round mm. so you know it tells you a little bit of how it takes a bit of time to kind of catch on and get rolling so uh, we talk about being the defending champs obviously uh, you might go with a little bit of a chip on your shoulder you guys want to get back to that uh, to that national event and uh, there's some unfinished business there Big time, yeah. We had a good run last year. Um, I mean, we ran into a guy, uh, Brad Gushu, who was just, you know, couldn't be stopped, and he clearly showed that to uh, win it, winning at all. Um, I mean, we took it to, he had to make an angle race, pick off the button, or else we're going uh, to play botcher in the semi. So we had a great, great weekend. We know we can do that again. So I think it's just about, you know, getting there in the first place and focusing at, at the task at hand. Um, can't get too far ahead of yourself. But, yeah, I mean, we're excited. I, I can't wait. This is one of the best times of the year is, is provincial season. And, um, you know, it'll never get old uh, ho- hoisting that trophy. So I hope we can do it again. So uh, being a male curler in Saskatchewan, are you getting tired of 1980? 1980! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, every year. Um, you know what? We've got some a lot of young talents. So um, it's it's hard to win a briar. It, it, you know, these days is harder than ever there's so many good teams mm-hmm. um and you got to be at the top absolute top of your game no matter what to win it so and, it's not and because easy, you guys I think we're be, in the right direction yeah and because you guys play on a money tour and stuff and you see more of each other throughout the year i think it's harder to sneak up on teams too isn't it big time like before you might not even leave your province until you go to the briar right you might play eight events around saskatchewan or, or just, you know, in, just into Manitoba, just into Alberta, right? Whereas we're flying all over the world these days, and we see these teams all the time at all the slams, right? Um, so, yeah, it's, it's difficult for sure. And and you know what? Like, no one like no one goes to the Briar not prepared to win, right? You get there, and people are, people are at the top of the game. It's later in the year, so people have had a lot of practice and a lot of games in. And, um, yeah, I mean, we Saskatchewan's, in the, going in the right direction. I mean, Pat Simmons, the high performance uh, coach for curling Saskatchewan, has you know worked with all the teams, worked with us, and I think we're we kind of have that that uh, veteran to lean on now um, for anything we need. So I think I think kind of coming down. I mean, there's going to be some retirement in the next four years, right? Like mm-hmm. the Gooshies, the Cooies, that kind of stuff. Like they're going to be moving out, and hopefully we can kind of take advantage of that. And lastly, you get to play in a nice venue in Esteban. Oh, great great facility has down there this week it's unbelievable barn 
um, ice look good. Darren's going to do a great job out there, and um, I'm excited for it. Hopefully we get a little warmer weather. Last question for you. We started talking about the fact you were uh, doing some uh, golfing at Aspen Links, uh, fake golfing, computer-generated golfing. Are you better curler or golfer? <laughs> curler, well, curler for sure. My whole <laughs> team's actually pretty good. Like, Colton played really well tonight. He was absolutely striping it, so I told him, you know, you can beat me tonight as long as you play like that on the ice. <laughs> That's good. Hey, man, best of luck. We'll be cheering for you. Thanks, Ballsy. Appreciate it. And the tanker gets going tonight with a 7.30 draw, four games on the ice. As you heard, the Colton Flash team third there is uh, Catlin Schneider, the former Regina Ram, and uh, they get going tomorrow morning. They get the first draw by. Coming up next, we wrap the show up with our Where Are They Now Wednesday, brought to you by Floor Coverings International at the Design Hub. Bring the showroom to you with thousands of samples from Floor Coverings International. Visit FloorCoveringsInternational.com today. Mike Pringle in the spotlight to wrap the show up next here on 620 CKRM. This Day in Sports History brought to you by Capital Ford Lincoln on the corner of Rochdale and Pasqua. Well, on the day that Tom Brady announces his retirement, we go back to February 1st of 2004. Super Bowl 38, Reliance Stadium in Houston, Texas. New England Patriots beat the Carolina Panthers 32-29. to This was Tom Brady's second Super Bowl, and he was the MVP of the game. They're the names we speak with reverence or scream out loud. The names that help define us, inspire us, and build the game that we all love. Each Wednesday on the Sports Cage, we flash to the past with a legend to see if there is indeed life beyond the scoreboard. This is Where Are They Now? Well, the all-time leading rusher in the CFL joins us on the Where Are They Now this Wednesday, and it's our friend Mike Pringle. Thanks for joining me, Mike. Thanks for having me. Man, I enjoyed watching you play. Uh, when you think of the CFL, what's the first thing that comes to mind? <laughs> Home. <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, yeah, um, being out of Canada for so long, uh, you know, uh, kind of makes me homesick. Uh, all the, all the, all the time I spent there, all the good years. Uh, so I miss it a little bit. What do you miss about our game the most, Mike Pringle? Other than dominating it, you left as the all-time leading rusher. What do you miss? <laughs> what do you miss about the game? You know, I get that question a lot. You know, what 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 I miss most about football um, is the is the locker room. You know, the the camaraderie that that you have that you build up. Uh, you know, as the season goes on with the with the guys in the locker room. You know. Uh, they turn into family, you know, after a while, you know, we go through so much, you know, good, bad, and, you know, tears and it hurts and everything. So uh, when you're outside of football, you don't seem to, or I have not found that anyway, you know, that, that camaraderie that you have um, uh, with the locker room. Is that a tough transition? We see Tom Brady retiring today, and he came back one more. He came back one more year. I think a lot of guys, you know, it's hard to replace. If you're working in insurance or we're at real estate, nobody, <laughs> no, 30,000, 60,000 people don't cheer when you sell a house or a life insurance policy. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. I, I, it is a bit of a, uh, of a transition, uh, uh, it could be difficult um, unless you, especially it's difficult, uh, especially if you go into 
a uh, career or profession um, that doesn't have anything to do with football. So, like, you know, uh, coaches, you know, that's a different story. But if you go into the regular world, you know, the transition can be tough. It takes a little bit of uh, getting used to. Mike, what are you doing now? Let the fans know here on the sports cage. What is the great Mike Pringle doing now? <laughs> what I'm doing, um, I actually, well, I've been uh, in business since I uh, left the game. Um, I've had different franchises. Uh, the franchise that I had, well, it used to be a franchise. Now, it, uh, the store that I have is a sports nutrition store. It's called Max Muscle Sports Nutrition. And uh, we uh, uh, provide supplements to people that are looking to get, um, you know, fit and healthy. You know, anybody that's looking to get bigger, faster, stronger, lose weight, or just overall health in general, we help, uh, you know, people get the results that they're looking for. The great George Reed, who is second on the all-time rushing list behind you, uh, his famous joke was they asked him why he never ran back to the huddle because he said, I only get paid to run one way. Uh, and George Reed was a guy, <laughs> George Reed was a guy, everybody knew he was getting the ball when it was time to run the ball, and he still did it play after play, 35 carries a game. Mike Pringle was a lot like that, too. Did you always look after your body throughout your career, Mike? Um, you know what, that, that is my, that's my passion, um, working out, you know, that's always been something that I, uh, that I, uh, enjoyed a, a lot. I always said, you know, I get paid to work out, you know, football is, is, is just extra. So, you know, uh, lifting weights, running, all of those things, uh, you know, that, um, that was part of being successful in football, related to something that I really, really enjoyed, and that was working out. That's when I could tell that it was time for me to retire when I couldn't work out with the same intensity. Uh, That's great. Uh, Mike Pringle joining us here in our Where They Now feature, talking to one of the great legends of the game. Regina must hold a special place in your heart. Your two Grey Cup championships come here as a member of the Baltimore football team, the only American team to win it. And then, of course, at the end of your career with the Edmonton Eskimos, both here at the old Taylor Field. Yeah, I tried to talk to the commissioner to have all the um, Grey Cups in Saskatchewan, but, um, you know, no, I, I couldn't make it happen. I tried. <laughs> what was it like to come here and play in front of the rabid fan base, most passionate fan base in the CFL right here? Yeah, uh, I, I, I love I love playing there. You know, uh, small town, um, everybody, uh, you know, is is a football fan they you know they bleed green um and uh they're just passionate about about the game so i always love play you know playing there um because they had some 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 really great fans and that were really um uh excited about uh watching the cfl football so you win in 95 and 2003 you come up short in the first canadian american matchup in bc on that pesaglia field goal when they won it on their home turf and you lost in uh, 2000 uh, to uh, the bc lions again uh, as a member of the montreal alouettes here's my question to you mike do the losses stay with you longer than the wins the the losses hurt more uh, than the joy of the wins. You know, I, I think that's that, you know, uh, fans might find that funny, but for players, you know, it, it, it's it's tough to lose. You know, you you 
it's very difficult to get to a championship game and to, you know, get there and, and not, you know, finish, uh, the journey is 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 difficult. So yeah, it's the the losses um, uh, that hurts a lot more more than the joy of the win. How proud of you? How, but yeah, um, I I have to say <laughs> the most the most satisfying Grey Cup win. Not 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 the not the not the best, but probably the most satisfying was when I was with Ed Edmonton mm-hmm. and we beat Montreal. For obvious <laughs> for obvious reasons. I get that. Yeah, little chip little chip on your shoulder there. Um that was a that was a cold game, but definitely a big win for uh, the Tom Higgins led and Mike Pringle led Montre- or uh, Edmonton Eskimos over his former team, the Montreal Alouettes. Um could Mike Pringle flourish in a backfield now where they share the ball so much? You know what I mean? The, the, gone are the days of the bell cow running back. It's this guy comes in for a couple of downs. This guy in the NFL is on third down. Like you and George Reed, you were the workhorses. You Could you play in today's game having a split carries? It, it would be difficult um, to play in today's game uh, uh from the w- way that I I would play, I you know obviously it would you know have to make a uh, you know adjustments to my game, but um, the the more you touch the ball, the 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 better you know uh, you seem to get, or you know as as you um, touch the ball more, uh, you you know uh, I, I I got rolling and you know you get better just like George Reed and other you know, really good backs that, you know, uh, you know, would touch the ball, you know, uh, on multiple times, you know, in a, in a row, uh, just to get, um, a, a groove going. Just a couple more quick questions for you, Mike. Um, how important was it? How much uh, did it mean to you to pass the great George Reed and become the all-time leading rusher in the CFL? And given what I just said, that's probably a record that will never be broken. Yeah, um, it was, um, it was a, a record that was, that was, it was a, is a huge record because like, like you said, it, it, it the part, the, you know, it, it's going to be broken at some point in time, but, you know, that's a record that's, that stood out there, um, that was, uh, you know, very difficult to, to achieve. But I, I was, I was really thrilled with the, with the fact that, George, uh, uh, Mr. Reed, uh, was there when it happened. Um, and he was there for, you know, uh, two of the games towards the end of the, the, the season or towards the time that I was going to eclipse the record to make sure that he was present. And I thought that was classy as heck. Yeah, that's awesome. Good way to put it, Mike. And lastly, American expansion. Uh, you were in the heart of it. What did you think of uh, the American expansion? Do you think if it was done differently, it could have worked? I, I think it it, it could have worked. I think that uh, you know um, you know it could it work. You know I you know it it depends on you know w- what people put into it. I think it could work. But when uh, when we did have those uh, teams in in the uh, states, I, I I think that's when um, you know it was probably you know uh, the most. Uh, enjoyable for the fans. Um, the talent was, and and when I say talent, I'm not saying talent because it's the, they were Americans. It was just talent because there was there were more teams 
there were uh uh we always got um everybody's best uh uh, uh outings you know the Canadians mm-hmm. played harder they they raised their game and that's what people don't understand it's like you know the Amer- Americans don't what, what it did was make everybody play better made the game better made people more intense well, it's been really cool talking to you, and that's a great way to end it. Uh, Mike Pringle, legendary running back, all-time leading rusher in CFL history. Continued success off the field, and uh, thanks for taking time out of your schedule, Mike. Thanks a lot, and you have a great day. Today's sports cage has come to a close. Miss a segment? Download or stream the podcast now at sportscage.ca. Get your sports straight from the source. 620 CKRM.